Video games, video games, video games, 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 computer based game, internet based game with all sorts of weapons. Ho, 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 happy Q4, almost the end of Q4. This is bullet points. This is the end of the year. This is when we talk about the video games of the year that happened, and we talk about which ones are good and which ones are bad, and then we try to explain it, and then uh, someone says, you don't really think that one, right? And you say, no, I do. I do. I do think that one. My name is Santa Claus. Um... I'm joined by Chris Kringle. Say hello, Chris. Who is that? <laughs> that's, a, that's the point. Yeah. Just could be anyone. Just, just fuck it up <laughs> right from the beginning. Um, I said, I said, who is that? Deadly serious, like. Yeah. Why the, fuck, somebody why else the, why the fuck didn't you bring this up in rehearsal? <laughs> we got uh, yeah, it's a five-person podcast today. We got Chris Kringle in here. Um. No, that was that was Ed Smith, fresh off the flight from Lapland. Lapland. Ed, how are you? <laughs> I'm feeling outnumbered. I've got three, three, Why? three guys from the other side of the Atlantic. Now, yeah, it's, it's where Santa. It's where Santa drinks Coca Cola. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is, this is the heart of Christmas country. <laughs> uh, I've got um, Elf. Elf Cole. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Yusuf. That's not an elf. An elf is like, Hello. Hello. There we go. Yusuf, Elf Cole, how are you? I'm good. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't really play video games anymore, but uh, I'll talk to you guys. And you edit out. a site about video games. <laughs> You're contractually obligated to be here. <laughs> We I'll, also have, I'll, edit, I'll edit your words. Yeah, do it in real time. Yeah, please. yeah, do a rolling busk <laughs> edit. You should have said you should that? you should have said Elf Smith, and then like yeah, Ru- Ru- Rudolph. Sorry, you can't be Elf. Ed, Rudolph. Elf. Rudolph Cole. Rudolph Cole, and I don't know. That's a pretty good name, Rudolph Cole. That's like a jazz musician. I don't know. Be, yeah, I don't know about Reed. Ru- Reith is a uh, Reith is a stupid Reith Reith Ah Reith yeah Reith yeah, McCarter Elf Smith and Rudolph Cole. <laughs> All right, well, what are we gonna do with our special guest? Heathen. Now there's a lot Gash. of. <laughs> 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 and joining us, uh, the Scrooge of our podcast, Heathen Gatch. Hello, I'm, I'm back, wiser and. Uh, Older and, and, and exhausted, more exhausted than ever. Do you think you're wiser? Because there was a period of years <laughs> where I felt like I was consistently getting stupider every year. <laughs> well, I guess that's the th- like wisdom is is the not it's not being smart. It's yeah, it's just having enough experience to not have to think about certain things in the same way. Mm. So maybe it's very wise to see yourself being stupider and being like, I can see this. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You're like I, I can't, I can't read a book anymore. I don't know, I don't know how that works. I can't understand things. 
I can read books still because I don't have children. <laughs> Take that, children. I have a puppy. <laughs> it's like a child, except it won't care for me when I'm old and dying. Um, I, I'm not listening. Ethan, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter looking at clips of uh, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Insomniac. Why, what ins- are you? Insomniac Spider-Man 2. Oh, not Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2? No, no, no. The, the good one. Wait, the one that's better ins- because you can play it. Insomniac's Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Ethan, how's your year been? Uh, <laughs> if you'd asked me that, Actually, like, two months ago, I'd have been like, it's been a great year. Um, I, it's, it's been a, I don't, oof, I don't know. That's, that's an existential question. I'm not ready to, okay, to dive okay. into. Don't you? Pretend pass, you're at the pass. barber. Just say like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, everything's great. Just making yeah, my Christmas looks- cookies. Keeping busy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ethan, as listeners may know, is not just the real video game Santa Claus who comes in once a year to bullet points to settle all matters to decide which video games get I don't know, presents or coal. You're also what's your title at Kotaku? Senior reporter. Senior senior Ethan. Um, at, uh, at J.O. Media, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, at Kotaku. So read Ethan there. Ethan actually does, like, good work, which is one of those things that you don't see a lot in the space anymore, so it's worth it's worth checking out. Um, yeah, should we just do this thing? I feel like we've done... We've done everyone, 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 knows, everyone knows. <clears throat> everyone knows who we are. What time? They just want to get to the bloodbath. Yeah, Ed, what's your what's your title now at PC Games and? Um, I'm I'm a news writer. But that's just that's the title. Yeah, news writer. News news writer. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? I don't know. I thought it would senior reporter versus news writer. Yeah, I'm not as good as Ethan. No, 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 no. I'm still climbing. I'm still climbing the slippery pole. (laughs) Um, up and down just trying to get up to the top Yusuf and I are freelance right it means we don't have jobs in the games that's just I have (laughs) the roguelike mode of of journalism it is the roguelike mode Um, alright let's just get to this I mean I I, uh, I think it's just a euphemism for fucking unemployed myself don't don't tell them the secret I remember there was there was a time I remember when like there were there were serious freelancing games writers who would claim that you could make fifty to sixty grand freelancing in a year and not driving yourself insane, uh, and it's if hard to could, believe that ever existed. Were they living like in a parallel dimension? <laughs> you would it was have like to. It was probably like a like, six month period when that was possible. I, I don't know. I've been no. I've been doing this since two thousand ten. It's never seemed maybe like twenty. 15? Yeah, like when there, like uh, there was a shot maybe where there was a lot of stuff. There were a couple of now defunct verticals that were paying I, like 300, 300 to 500 review and if you got a wide enough spread, maybe. But I you forget, would still be killing yourself. Yeah, I forget yeah. who this guy was or where he is now, but I think, Reed, I, you might have actually literally assigned me his ebook on freelancing games journalism to like review for Pixels or Death, what? which might have been the most absurd and and pointless assignment ever. <laughs> oh no. 
I just, okay. Well, if I did that, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't think you can do that. You can... I don't know what you can do. This is a... Maybe it's a fun thing to talk about up front, is that maybe this is a general topic, and then we then we boil down, we get down to the nitty-gritty. There have been a lot of discussions, and this one always sort of... Um, I don't know. Chafes. People are like, 2023, best year of games. Which I think is not true <coughs> in terms of the video games you can play that released in this year. I think also we've been sort of like watching if you if you sort of like are in the media side of things like everything's getting worse but i feel like this the titanic kind of like this year went upright you know like it's already hit the iceberg but but this year it's up on its side and everyone's like falling off you know? no but it hasn't even snapped in half yet though so no no it's done the snap it doesn't oh, it do snap, the snap and i gotta watch titanic again. no it goes <laughs> upright and then it snaps yeah wow. yeah it's, it goes it goes up right before it snaps how could it go up right if it snapped because I thought it like hadn't fully snapped. Yeah, it. well, you think anyway. you think a lot of things, don't you? Maybe you should think a little bit. Maybe you should think <laughs> a little bit more think, before yeah. you talk. That's <laughs> why you're not making fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're that's why you're not designing boats. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right. Anyway, so it's not it's not good, and it also seems like the people who make games, even at the big studios, that everything is going to hell. Um, why isn't this like a? I guess it's a topic. But what is with the thing of like just sort of like this? But still, you have to admit this is a great year. I think this is one of the worst years for video games since I've been like, you know, had had my face mushed up against it. Oh, shut shut um, the fuck up! No, whatever. Okay, here. Fine. <laughs> what what are, what are your counter? You know, yeah, I want to I want to hear from Ethan first on this because I think no, but then I don't want Ethan to get ganged up on this. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gang up on him. I just think Ethan's gonna have shank me in the alley. He's going to have the only opinion that's different from the three of us. Uh, no, it's... I don't know. It's it's definitely... I, I, I chafe about just the way in which these two things get sort of conflated. I think there is obviously the debate about whether or not this year's games, on average, were better or more interesting or impressive than past years is, like, a fine debate to have. And I think in many ways there was, like, a weird... Where I would like put things out, I think there were certain games that didn't just like wow everyone in the way that some games have in past years, like Hades or other things where people are like really just entranced by a particular game or something. I, there's nothing new this year where it felt like, oh, this is uh, this is something that will will change how people make games. Um, but the the industry side of the stuff often just feels like people are because the industry, like in quotes the way it talks about itself and watches itself, I think there's a lot of people who, like, feel like, oh, this is a this is a bad year for games because, like, friends I know got laid off and all, which obviously sucks, but, like, you know, if I go talk to my friend who just, you know, plays three or four games on his PS5 when his kid goes to sleep, like, completely just not part of his conception of what any of that is. In the same way that, like, when I go to see movies, like, I'm not very clued in to, like, studio dramas or what directors we're talking about or like production woes and so it's just for like my kind of you know going you know sitting in the, the seats like uh, nicole kidman just being entranced by the magic of cinema um and so i mean in that regard i think there's there's part maybe i guess one of the interesting things about this year is the sort of decoupling of those things where like 
the industry itself feels very uh, just kind of rotting and decaying in certain ways. While on the other hand, if you're just like a consumer or a player who is not paying attention to that, like there's, I could recommend you 10 great games. I feel like that are not going to necessarily be like part of the canon in 20 years, but you could have like a great time playing and would make you think and present interesting sort of experiences. I think the end is coming. I think, (laughs) I I think I understand what you're saying. I think that's a very like optimistic way to look at it because I think it's like, we've essentially had a year of like, I don't know, Avengers movies or something. I feel like we've had a year of a very just competent put together things with like barely a few flashes of actual like I don't know of of something of of the kind of thing that makes video games more than just like a way to like waste some time and I think at the same time as it's been happening we've seen this on the actual like development side like and publisher side too with like the effect of was that company Embracer or whatever buying all those companies and now they're just like shuttering them because I don't know how the, the money worked in that case but I guess they were hedging on if they had you on like some like one billion dollar like Saudi investment fund, yeah, it was two to two to three billion. Um, okay, Saudi, yeah, Saudi money, and just like the the widespread layoffs, I just feel like there's a certain the the mainstream is like shedding, and at the same time, I think the the media apparatus surrounding games, which I think is you know maybe self-serving but i think is important towards like a functioning art form of any kind is like a good critical apparatus um i think is has been like in in no other point in my career i think has actually been like sort of dealt a, a something like a death blow this year i think um things are extremely bad and it just seems like when we have nobody to do much other than kind of cheerlead in the media and then we have this extreme precarity or or an atmosphere of extreme precarity in the mainstream of video games we're in for just kind of like celebrated pablum you know like sequels and reboots and remakes and um and and that stuff being like well it plays well you know and and to me it's i like it's a super maybe it's like being incredibly pessimistic or something but to me it feels like something bad has happened this year that we're going to see the results of for many years to come and i don't think the stuff that came out this year is is like i don't know it's it's like celebrating competence basically is is kind of what i feel oh i think that's completely true so i don't know maybe that was so i think critically it's not the most interesting year no. If you are just not some, if you like, if you haven't, it's it's the, always the Far Cry problem. If you're if you've never played a Far Cry game, um, you know, four, five, and six are nowhere near as good as two, um, or even or yeah, even three. But like, it'll be fine. Like, it's not. It 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 doesn't feel like an existential existential dilemma until you've like played a Far Cry every two or three years, and you're like, oh my fucking god, what are we doing? Um, so I think it's it's like, yes, I think in this sort of trajectory, when you zoom out, it's like you can see the fucking skid marks on the road or whatever. But if you were to just take this year and hand it to someone, they'd be like, whoa, 
they made here's a good Bioware game again, um, and uh, Zelda fucking rocks, and you know. I don't Hang on, know. What, what, um, was, what was the good Bioware game? Uh, Baldur's Gate three. Oh, you're being. I'm being cheeky. You're yeah. being. Oh, got yeah. you. Got you. Got you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, maybe we should get into our. Unless Ed or Yusuf, do you have points to make about this kind of thing? I feel bad actually now. Like, <laughs> it's a problem. You you hit record and you say things and you're like, it's kind of not like the nicest way to start a podcast. I think the read tapes. I think my. Uh, <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> I, uh, I think I think my my role on this podcast is basically just going to be I'm just going to be the guy that doesn't care this year. I'm just I, I'm I'm like asleep at the wheel, just fucking coasting towards the edge of the cliff this year. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of watching now. I'm just watching what happens. Well, why aren't we as popular as uh, as uh, <laughs> as the big influencers, huh? With that kind of commentary. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean that. Yeah, that. My role this year. Not carrying is, is uh, cool. We're the, we're the dude of video game. We're, we're the Gen X of video game podcasts. <laughs> I, 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 you guys actually care about video games? What a bunch of losers! It's embarrassing. I sort of yeah. I sort of vacillate wildly between like pure existential dread and uh, yeah, like aloof ironic drenched indifference like the day before is the best game i've ever seen <laughs> if, can you ex- do it do well, a short recap let's, of that let's because... just let's just let's just let's just get to the let's just get to the core of it here right let's just get if we're talking about positivity and we're talking about uh you know pivoting to video and just kind of just kind of simplifying the whole process here uh you know what's the what are video games for man video games are for fun and video games are for uh, entertaining you video games are there to entertain you i've not been fucking more entertained this year by a single video game than the day before <laughs> i do have to say that i saw a headline or a tweet or something yesterday it was from the company which is called like fun time or something <laughs> fantastic it's, it's fantastic but without an a at the start oh okay nice so yeah and they were like, yeah, hey, so we sold, like, however much it was. Half of them have been refunded. If you really care, we'll refund the other ones, um, knowing that they won't. And uh, to everyone who's complaining, well, shit happens. Yeah, which is just, <laughs> oh, good for them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you're talking about, right, you're talking about, Reed, you were kind of talking about the, I don't know, the kind of... The, the 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 death of any kind of like interrogatory interrogative you know criticism or kind of meaningful investigation anymore into what gaming is right i i kind of see it I'm, I'm kind of looking at the other end of the telescope here whereby the the sort of hype and the kind of marketing and whatever it was the kind of like critical fervor around the day before resulted in you know the day before right so that kind of like dumbass, oh, this game looks fucking cool, has also kind of had its pants pulled down this year. Um, hmm. So I'm kind of, yeah, that kind of gives me a little hope, right? That the, <laughs> they can't all be uh, so disastrous 
Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's making them. Yeah, but I don't know because so much of those kind of this game is going to be the best shit ever, and you know, fuck everything else. This is going to be the best fucking hardest shit of all time. A lot of those games have just died this year. Like Modern Warfare Three is, you know, like dog shit. Starfield, no one gives a fuck about. Uh, yeah, the day before was the day before. Um, like Diablo Four died really, really quickly. So all of those kind of like steaming fucking like hype train games that just invite like the sort of opposite of what I think everyone on this call kind of wants to see a lot of those games yeah just fell on their ass this year you know what that did make me think of something positive which is that there was a surprising well maybe we should come to this later when we talk about some games there were two games that I'm thinking of off the top of my head that are two of the better games of this year I think that you could see in a different year just kind of sliding by. And maybe it speaks to the quality of of the the mainstream, but we're both celebrated and I think did uh, uh, commercially very well, which is good for the people who made them and good for the, the viability of these things. But like we're also like critically and popularly uh, successful as well. Um, what games would they build? What games would they be? Uh, just like these two games that you download and then there's like you can like make a you put a VR headset on and then you there's a naked lady and a naked man and you pose them and then they have sex with each other and those games were like really popular and I think that's the way forward and uh, yeah but you've been you've been saying this since we started bullet points you said to me <laughs> well, keep this saying, was this was let's do let's do a month on this was like this was your pitch. It was like I want to own a website where we talk exclusively about VR sex games, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and, and we compromised and we kept it to games. <laughs> and every time we're planning out the next few months, I'm like, when are we going? When are we going to do the VR sex game month? Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, I'm maybe if I maybe, buy those, maybe it'll we, crash my computer. Maybe we should do RoboCop. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw a wedge in there and say that uh, the day before, I, I think is like fascinating because it's like a very specific Steam phenomenon where like people who are just in the Steam <laughs> ecosystem get yeah. absolutely riled up about a weird ass game that anyone else would look at and be like, that, that looks completely generic or that looks completely fake or that looks completely like bullshit. Um, and so like I think that is a tremendous like it probably it would definitely would not have gotten wider eyes on it if it had not had the exclusive trailers on IGN which immediately were like oh this game must have must be real in some way um where versus like i think yeah Diablo and uh Modern Warfare 3 are great examples of games that will be top 10 selling games for the year but are just the sort of like absolute uh end of like this 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 kind of this cascading formula that no one everyone's like oh yep this is uh this is exactly this is the thing i guess uh anyway moving on like there's no there's nothing really to feel about either of those things other than like if you're if you fucking haven't played modern warfare since you were you know since 2011 or or not not, what fuck i'm i'm old in 2008 nine um then it's it's like it's like coming coming home or whatever um yeah, Maybe I, the same for Diablo, but yeah, th- I, I agree with you. Like those those games that were supposed to be like, they they did absolutely nothing new or interesting. It was like, oh, this is this is a, a warmed over version of a game that came out a decade and a half ago. Yeah, I think a it lot. Is, yeah, I think a lot like, of them died this year. I think a lot of them died. 
But it is like because they were bad though too. Like yeah. it's because like they were just like yeah like warmed over is the right way to put it. It was just like eating like leftovers from two weeks ago. Like it's just it tastes kind of like the same food, but you know it's kind of broken down and has nothing like new to add. And like even in the Diablo, it's like you're. I was just thinking about it where it's like. I mean, it's a series that's been, like, running on fumes for a long time. Like, even the third game, I like, I think it just, like, they're always trying to capture the, like, what actually made it interesting and never able to actually get there. Um, and I think with, like, Modern Warfare, it's, like, it just, Modern Warfare seems more just, like, the people, the wrong people were in charge of making decisions. Like, they were just, like, or, who, like, however... However, it came about that they were just like, we're going to make a multiplayer game into a single player game without making any single player levels or barely any. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, unfortunate to say the least. That proceeds, And that's where I feel like the same people who bought the day before, I feel like the console version of that is buying a Call of Duty thinking the campaign was going to fucking, you know, Throw throw some curveballs or something. I don't like because I feel like with like modern. Hey, world, I, yeah. hey there, hey, it's getting a little bit close to the to the bone here. Um, I think I think there's tread, obviously tread something carefully, notable. Tread carefully, there's Ethan. something notable in the extreme <laughs> amount of cynicism displayed by the campaign this year, which was basically like yeah. someone shoving shit down people's throat and be like, "Give us your money." Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna eat this shit. Yeah, there's a lot of just, like, like nobody, like, yeah, not just we don't care. The people making the games don't care. This is, uh, this is the year it all came back up. This is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, this is the year that the gaming industry just couldn't keep it down anymore. Yeah, I don't know. We've had, we've had the worst Call of Duty game ever made. We've had the worst, you know, Bethesda RPG game ever made. We've had... Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I like Starfield a lot more than like Fallout 4. Well, mm. are you, boy? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Right? <clears throat> I, I think, Actually, I, I think, think they're the same. I think they're the same. Fallout 4 is. Anyway, that's it. That's, I like that that's, part in Fallout 4 where you go and it's all irradiated. That part's cool. Yeah, the glowing, the glowing sea. Um, yeah, but basically, <laughs> I think that we've seen a few. <laughs> that's what I call a, a cuss word that starts. <laughs> the glowing <laughs> anyway, sea. Continue. Because... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we've just seen like a few, a few kind of like old reliables have finally started to break down this year, um, include yeah, including yeah, the kind guess. of like, yeah, yeah, including the Steam, YouTube, Reddit hype train, survival zombie games. Yeah, I, I think we've seen, we've seen some of the kind of vital organs of like big 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 gaming begin to fail. Now, what that what that means long term, I don't know, because they just. You know, just other shit will, you know, come in their place. Like, there'll just be more shit. But if, like, uh, we've talked about this on this show in the past, where <clears throat> there was a period between maybe 2012 and 2015, 2016, where for, for a while it seemed like things were kind of getting better and things were interesting and there was a kind of appetite for blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then that, that, that died, like, you know, that, that side kind of lost. Um, yeah, maybe the maybe the pendulum's starting to swing back the other way, and we're gonna have a return to well, the the good old days. We'll see. I, if nothing else, we got a new, we got two new Kojima joints. 
in the pipe. And uh, yeah, but they're both gonna be shit, else? dude. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess not. It doesn't matter. They're at least they'll be entertaining. At least Udo cares in one of them. Udo, friend Udo. of the pod, friend of the podcast. I mean, the, th- Udo the thing is, there <laughs> in the AAA space, there are like obviously a few games that are good. Yeah, and that's basically what else can you really ask for at this point? I'm in. I'm in Ed's case. I don't give a shit. I just want to play it's a game every now and then that is not boring. Yeah, listen, it's because <laughs> I rarely excuse myself from contributing to a month of the website. And if you contribute, well, that's to a you problem. Points, that's the read problem. If you contribute care. every month to the website, <laughs> your opinion on video games goes down mm-hmm. in correlation. So yeah, I mean, I've like my articles this year are like a cry for help. <laughs> yeah, and I've noticed that. I think I, I think I uh, might have written an article this year that was titled "A Cry for Help." <laughs> <laughs> like, please stop making me write cover these games. They're so stupid. Yeah. No. Why? It says that in acrostic, like down the side. <laughs> Let you me out. If... I'm send help. No, Yusuf, you can't leave. You can't be defeated. You have to wait. We'll do like Far Cry Seven. <laughs> Yeah. Hell uh, no, no we're not doing Far Cry. You can't get out of here. You can't leave the website. I leave the website. That's my thing. You, you, gotta, you, <laughs> uh, you came back. All right. They always come back. Listen, we're half an hour in. <coughs> Ethan is billing us two hundred dollars every twenty minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going well. I'm just it's gonna, the only way Geo would allow me to do the podcast. So. That's right. I'm, they, just, uh, I'm just going to open some Chex Mix here. I've got some, some dried nuts and fruits. I'm going to do it. Enjoy yourself. This, this is like a this is like a holiday party. Yeah. You know? If you have your own selection of mixed nuts at home, just, <laughs> just break break those uh, open. Go in. I thought Geo Media was uh, probably doing better now that they've saved a lot of money from not employing me anymore in any capacity. I thought that would that would ease up some of the uh, balance sheet. A bit. <coughs> yeah, we're not. we're it, it created some runway, but it, you know it's starting to run out. So mm-hmm. that's what they told me. They said, you know, now <laughs> the entire network will be uh, freed up with the amount that we were paying you. So, um, who wants to go first? With what? who is going to say their best game? Their favorite game of twenty twenty three. I think no, I think, no, no. We gotta start with the bad games. Yeah, come on. Are we? Well, I was just end on the wrong way around. Wow. All right. Okay. Because we were talking before too. Twenty twenty four is the year of positivity. Yeah. Re just wants to keep the downer train going. Uh, you were the one who suggested, <laughs> Ethan. What is your I least am, favorite game? I am. Maybe we should do one of the audience questions first. Like pepper those in. <laughs> yes, yes, pepper in. Yeah. Pepper those in as we go. Rather than, we're well, never, never going to cover best worst game. What if we just do podcast. this? What if we just do this for like an hour and then never do the, point of the podcast? <laughs> I think I would. Pre- I would want that. Okay. So okay. One question. You can open one present. On okay. Let's, let's, let's do a question. Oh, I need to. I need to find them. A... No. Put more food in your mouth. And then read one. Um. <laughs> wait a second. Stuff oh, your dirty okay. in your mouth with more food. Um. Okay. Here's one. This is from. Uh, this is from Game Dev Kevin. Okay. On Twitter. Um, <laughs> Twitter sounded especially like I could picture like well, crumbs. Kevin actually asked. Kevin, Kevin asked three questions. 
Um, oh. I'm just gonna... you, uh, I said you could open one. Well, no, I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask one. I'm just going to use one. Okay. What if they're all good though? They are all good, but I think we've answered one of them already, and I think one. Okay. I think one of them we're going to get to later. Okay. Okay. Um, what was the best innovation in games this year? Da da. Answer at once. Come on. Sounds like the the VR game where you make two people have sex. Well, that was mine. Yeah. That's not innovative. That's pretty good. We've been doing that for ages. Yeah. Can you pose two models and have make them sex? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if this counts, but I feel like the uh, the conceit of Starfield that you start that you basically it, there's a sort of uh, yes. Um, what do you call it? Uh, like reincarnation, where you start the game over, and your new game plus is a sort of multiverse of cascading events from the first game. I think is actually a really interesting idea. I just think Starfield is very just like it's a tribute to just how miserable some of the other stuff is is in the game that not much really interesting comes from that other than like cool moments you can cherry pick on social media to be like oh i I played the game five times and then this thing happens sort of mm -hmm. like crazily um but i do think it's, it's like a much more it's a like there's a version of starfield that is super interesting specifically because it uses the idea of uh of remixing your your past choices and characters and things on subsequent playthroughs to sort of reveal you know maybe more interesting truths about the universe or whatever but uh i don't recall that really being a thing uh, you know it's obviously like it's a, it's a sort of roguelike mechanic but in in that kind of more ambitious story-based rpg i don't recall anything like that ever being used i i'm with ethan on that one i it's the one thing that i've seen in Starfield, that's made me think Starfield's actually got some, you know, got some nuts there. Um, because yeah, like when you play it, New Game Plus, it actually makes the New Game Plus part of the kind of canon. And yeah, like strange things happen when you when you cross over into the alternate dimensions of the New Game Wait, Plus. Yeah, but what about Near? I know it's not the same. Yeah, but... no, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I thought that was yeah in. Uh... Automata? Yeah. Automata? And that's going back six years. It's going back six fucking years. But that thing, it's like, they did like a... They like... Did Buddhism in a video game. Yeah. They showed you the path of endless reincarnation and suffering and then enlightenment deleting your save, right? Like, mm. that's... I don't know, that's pretty cool. Like that's, that's a neat thing. I guess the... Yeah. That, that thing in Starfield, though, it is like an interesting conceit. I think, like, I haven't checked it out yet because I think it was today or yesterday, but the the same thing where, like, a new game plus mode, usually I'm just like, well, I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, in, in very rare circumstances do I care. Um, but, like, Alan Wake 2, I think, also is a game where you're like, oh, that makes sense mm -hmm. that you would do that, you know? Um, you know, narratively uh, appropriate new game plus, I think is, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I guess. I've got... I, I don't know. I'm trying to give, like, big... Big innovations this year. I saw a mod that... You can play as naked Lady Demetrescu from... From Resident Evil that's, 8. That was, that was pretty fucking cool. That's pretty innovative. Yeah. You play as her. Yeah, you play as her in Resident Evil... Mm. Resident Evil 2 Remake, but you're playing as naked Lady Demetrescu mm. from Resident Evil 8. But what... So why, is, why is she there? Well, exactly. That's the innovation. They fucking... <laughs> 
crossing, and, and there's no. They don't ask no why; they ask whether they can do it. Ask, you know? ask not why. <laughs> ask, uh, ask what's ask what's hot about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, what if I? I also really like. I'm going to be. I'm going to do a proper one now. I like the gun in Amnesia: The Bunker. Yeah, that was that was. We're yeah, doing we're doing game. guns differently in games here. We're going to do a different gun. Yeah, that's true. That's a good gun. I haven't so, played Amnesia Bunker. What like so? Give what's so, a quick recap of how the gun works. Quick, quick recap. Your gun. Well, first of all, it's got that. Did anyone ever play that game Receiver? Anyone remember Receiver? Yeah. Oh I remember yeah. It. I never played it, but I remember it. Yeah, well, you've, you've got like a Colt, <clears throat> a Colt nineteen eleven, but the kind of game is like you've got to operate every single, you know, mechanism on the gun. Amnesia the Bunker is not quite to that extent, but it's got this. You know, you have to open the chamber and like manually insert the bullets into the cylinder and then close the cylinder and cock it and um, basically it's a gun that it you know first of all like an extremely limited amount of ammunition it can't save your life and it becomes it, it's like a tool rather than something for killing so you know you use it to like shoot off a lock you use it to like explode a stick of dynamite from a distance or you use it to kind of like ward something off rather than rather than kill it and it's just it's like the first time i've seen you know a first person shooter essentially a first person shooter with no killing but still with guns in it because it's usually like you get one or the other you get a first person shooter and it's just guns 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 like you know doom or something or you get i don't know a first person game like you know and you use the Dark Descent, where it's like, yeah, we're, we're being a bit more clever here. You don't actually get a gun. Whereas this one, it's like, no, we can see that there's some you know, dramatic value in having a gun. There's something aesthetically meaningful and kind of powerful about the presence of this gun. But we're going to do something different with it. Like the power of this gun dramatically isn't in it killing something, but it is still a weapon. Um, I hate to do this to you, but Alien Isolation kind of does that. You can kill. Not necessarily with a pistol, but it, it has, you know, first-person mechanics. Mm -hmm. But then the whole point is that you can't really just shoot the monster. You can shoot the androids. You can kill the, oh, and kill I mean, the androids. No, you are, you are right. Yeah, if we're thinking about innovations, yeah, there is, there is maybe some of the, uh, the Alien Isolation DNA. In, uh, in Amnesia, the bunker. Bunker, yeah. a little bit. A little, there little, is, little but it, it does it does edge a bit closer to that thing we've talked about, and I think like the the narrative context too elevates it a little bit. Like where you know we've talked probably forever on this website and podcast and stuff about like that ideal game where the violence is like very sparing and very impactful, mm -hmm. and things like you know limited uh limited ammunition the, and like the, limited the corpses and stuff yeah the first person shooter where you kill five people for the whole game and this yeah this game is is sort of within that realm it's it's closer than a lot of things i think it does there are aspects of it where when you like encounter the monster and you kind of warn it away mm. by shooting at it is that stuff is very <laughs> alien isolation esque? So, like the monster in general is sort of like the alien, but there is something a little. The texture of it is different too. I think because of how clunky that gun is. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good one. Um, for me, it's the it's the Meta Quest Three. 
<laughs> it's it's just the most incredible thing. You can look at naked people having sex in it. Actually, um, you know what? What? I, I I was gonna like preempt what I think one of yours might have been, Reed. Um, what? When it actually kind of it connect. Remember this 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 discussion was sparked by a question from uh, from old game dev Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. And one of Kevin's second Good questions friend, Kevin. was, "Do you think wow. we'll do you think we'll see a resurgence in FMV because of Alan Wake 2? And I've got to say, like the way that Alan Wake Two kind of like dances between, you know, the the filmed live action stuff and the game stuff, but doesn't just do it for the sake of it. Does it for some kind of there's a there's a point and it make it." It fits it aesthetically and narratively. I think that's you know what else. That is what other game did that? What? You know, what other game did that to uh, you great success. What? It's a personal favorite. I'm actually serious. It is a personal favorite. It's one that you love, Ed. Yeah. Uh, think about. Think about. Um, Senua. Oh uh, yeah, old hell, old Hellblade. Heck, 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 sword. Yeah, that game did that too. Was, was there Wake FMVs a, in that? Yeah, there were things where she's like seeing her, uh, seeing this this Irish slave, and he's like talking to her, and his face is like kind of similar to the yeah, Alan Wake, like, the right. game over screen. Yeah, he kind of flickers in, and it's really disconcerting because you're and there are visions she sees that are like in the darkness, and they're FMV, but they're they kind of blur the line. Yeah, um, the I don't think. More people are gonna do it. Do you? I, I think they're. I think that is so particular. You have to have it in a game that where it makes more sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't. It's become it's become such a kind of like remedy trademark now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I could see it potentially being sort of like dropped in in small ways to be like oh this is a way that we make our game more our, our big budget game more artsy is to like have this this sort of random um uh, component that doesn't match up aesthetically with anything else uh in the same mm. way that like god of war was like oh what if we did a single no cut um game for for no reason other than to like wouldn't it be cool um but yeah i don't think I've, i don't think anyone I don't. I think it is so hostile to the player in some ways that I just don't see many people picking it up, um, unless they 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 trying to like make up for how user friendly the rest of the game is to be like yeah. But then this these sections yeah fuck you we're just just, just fucking real people talking. <laughs> in that sense, I could see it maybe in like horror more. Yeah, well, I think you can get away with it in horror more when you're doing things like you're kind of. I mean, the Kojima yeah. game basically sort of teased that, like, he was blurring yeah. the boundaries between that in some way. Although yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that he doesn't want to just capture everyone's face inside a computer and just do whatever with it. Well, you can go oh, and awesome. you can go and talk to old Sammy Barlow, old Samuel Barlow. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's that's not. That was, I think, my worst game of last year was Immortality. Yeah, I, that was definitely your best game. No, it wasn't. You loved I, it. I think her. I loved it so much. It was his favorite game on the record. Reed's favorite game. I think her story was my worst game on one of these episodes. One one year, whatever year that game came out. Uh, you know, one innovation. I'm really trying to think of innovations. I'm not thinking of too many innovations. I like. 
I like in Final Fantasy 16, this is a good solution to a problem, a small but <coughs> an, but to me enormous problem, is that I like to, when you're going to say, hey, we've got this like explanation of things in our fictional world, and we want you to read them, but then you're going to have to stare at a menu of like white text on a black background for 20 minutes until your eyes bleed, and you're going to keep picking up new things all the time. Final Fantasy 16, just you press the... The, like the touch button on the PS5, and it just says, "Here's a paragraph about the, you know, a short paragraph too, I should add, about the term or whatever that they're talking about." And if it's like geographical, they'll like show you a map or they'll show you a picture of the person they're talking about. And so you can like do this thing where it's just like, I don't know, it's like this very unrealized idea of hypertext type stuff that's super simple, and you think would have been in a lot of games a long time ago. So you've got... I think that's pretty neat. You've got lore <laughs> heavy and lore light. Uh, what do you mean? I thought you were What's saying... Lore? I thought you were saying that it was like... You get, you get the full kind of written version, but if you want, you can press the button and get like a pre-seed version. I thought that's what you were saying. Well, you just press it whenever you want. Oh! You just get a little thing. Oh, I'm, right. I'm oh, like, sure. You don't have to pick shit up. It's just there. It's just the, well, and it like updates too, yeah. like during a conversation. It's like, hey, you don't know what this is? Oh, I it's see. A, like a little glossary, like a little like touch, a little little running glossary almost. Yeah, instead of one of those like horrible codexes yeah. or codices that yeah. I mean, that, hey, maybe games can use AI to do that. Just be like, all right, uh, pause, pause this. The no, pause I'll the, do it. Pause the game, and we can automatically figure out all of the relevant uh, no, books and found collectibles that relate <laughs> to things that appear on the screen, and you can automatically see them in their correct context, as opposed to like taking an hour long break to read fucking books inside Skyrim. No, I'll do it for a reasonable rate. I will write those. <laughs> I would get an AI to read the books inside Skyrim and tell me like a synopsis. Yeah, like and read read it do audio like computer voice to me as I play. That is actually like a. That would be a, yeah, an actual like smart use of AI, but it's just like there are people like me who will do it for you for for a reasonable fee. Does anyone know what? A, um, does anyone know what a blanched peanut is? What's a blanched peanut? It's like a. It's like a. Uh, what is blanching again? I've got pale skin peanuts, red skin peanuts, almonds, raisins, and blanched peanuts. I don't know what those are. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's a uh, boiling water or steam for a short time, quick thorough cooling, and very cold or ice water after. Blanching stops enzyme actions. Oh shit. Which otherwise cause loss of flavor, color, and texture. They should blanch. Okay, <laughs> so it, it doesn't remove flavor, or it does. They should blanch. No, it keeps the keeps the flavor in. Yeah, they should blanch. They should blanch the video games. All right, Ethan, yeah? what's your worst game? <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've. It's always hard. I hate doing this because it's like there are obviously some just like fucking terrible games, um, but then I always feel compelled to but make it something that I actually played and just strongly disliked. That's why I say least favorite. Least favorite. Uh, ooh. So I think ooh. I'm just going to, we'll just, since it's the most interesting to talk about, I'll do Final Fantasy 16. Um, a game which I think I probably like more than most people, but I am weirdly, so I'm fucking 
I've, I've gotten really weird this year, <laughs> this year, and I'm trying to get the platinum trophy <laughs> for Final Fantasy 16 on PlayStation, and which requires, among you know, maxing out all these other things, you have to go, you have to play the game a second time on the new fantasy Final Fantasy hard, you know, difficulty, which is basically it's a new game plus, and all they do is like everything has like millions more health and just the battles take longer, but. So I've been replaying the game effectively, and all I can think of while I'm replaying it is just, like, everything I fucking hate about this game, which is a weird thing to do when you're spending your, like, 80th hour on a game. Um, but it is... I think there are, there are, it's one of those games where the highs, I think, are really high, and there's a, there's a type of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. fan who has been waiting for a certain type of Final Fantasy game for, you know, over a decade now... And there are parts of this game that really nail that, especially early on with the chemistry between the protagonist Clive and uh, Sid and this idea that there's like political intrigue mixed with mythology and supernatural elements that um, the rest of the game feels sort of completely divorced from. And, you know, then there's this really awful ham-fisted attempt at, you know, talking about slavery and the game absolutely hates women. And even just from an RPG perspective, the systems are super boring and not interesting, which like the combat I think is actually a really good. And especially if you like this sort of, it, it, it kind of provides the thrills of a dark souls game without making you actually get good at the combat, which is like great. And uh, it kind of presents in this sort of theatrical way. It's like, it's like welcoming, welcoming you into a play where you can fumble your your way through the performance as much as you want, and the game will do everything it can to still make it feel amazing and relevatory and interesting. Um, but when you look at what can sustain like a forty to fifty hour game, um, there's just nothing interesting outside of that in terms of like just basic stuff that makes it interesting to build a character or you know you know I'm I'm doing. Th- a thousand battles because at some point I will be able to do the battles differently because I've maximized certain skill trees or stats or whatever. Um, so there's just very basic things that the, it feels like the game fails on because it was either rushed out or incomplete or they couldn't decide on what it was supposed to be or as seems to be the case with a lot of Square's Final Fantasy games recently, they were so hell-bent on making the game look fantastic that they couldn't actually like finish the rest of the game. Um and so it's, it was super disappointing in so many ways, um, especially because like there's just there's certain scenes where you're like, this is absolutely laughable. Like I can't the, the, the same way you might have been like an eight year old, you know, trying to like turn change the channel. If a, if someone like a parent comes in and like these these characters are like, you know, some scantily clad woman on the screen is saying something ridiculous because it's a fucking JRPG. There's just parts of this game where you're like any normal person would be like what what the hell is this like, um, and so it's 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 just hard because it's I think narratively falls down in ways that you would you know make it extreme feel extremely juvenile compared to some other thing some other games um, just like from a very just a basic competency of storytelling like you would see in a Spider-Man two for instance which is not exciting or interesting but is like okay this is this is fine um it's more like believable like something like spider-man like or or and like inoffensive like it's not there there's not parts of it where like man like what what like (laughs) 
So I mean, just, like for anyone who hasn't played Final Fantasy 16, like the one of the main, the central conceit is that there is a cast of people in this world who have the ability to use magic because they can channel ether from these giant crystals, which is a sort of natural phenomenon. Um, and that natural phenomenon is tied sort of to a global warming type thing of like, if we abuse this natural resource, the world will decay and fall apart. Um, but also the people who have the innate capacity to channel it are outcasts and considered, you know, untouchables in some way and are therefore enslaved to help people like wash laundry and cook food. Um, which is like there's just a on a very basic world building sense is completely unsatisfactory. But then the way it tries to actually talk about like, um, you know, slavery and rebellion and it just is like, it's like man, oof, this is just bad. Um, and then on the other on the other side of that, all of the the male characters are pretty strong. But whenever it comes to a woman in the game, she's either underwritten or completely one note or like openly just completely despised by the game down to like um basically there's, there's like a, a main female antagonist whose like entire plot arc turns on like the threat of rape and then her becoming a sort of like spurned um woman and you fight her and she's a harpy and it's like what like this is what is what are we doing here um but like prior to that she's a very interesting character and it's like oh there's there's a possibility of like some some really interesting chemistry and friction here and so like anytime there's anything interesting like that the game sort of just either abandons it or takes it down the absolute worst path um and so it's like i continually i'm always in, i'm like there's I, I love this game but also i hate everything about it mm -hmm. i Ed, you didn't play this. Mm, I know you didn't. No. So Yusuf, I'm, did you play this? I'm out on this Oh, one. no, 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 no. Okay. I played this, and all little behind the scenes here, I divided up the games I had strong feelings about into a general best and worst category um, with with the winners there. And, and I had this in best, despite everything. I think this is the best Final Fantasy game since... 12, I think was the last one that made me like feel anything and I agree with everything you said though Ethan I think it's like it's uh, it's commentary on slavery I think is like would be bad enough on its own they also did this kind of like hedging their bets on defending like having a majority white cast and you can tell that there was some like fear there of of having any actual like relation to the real world and history, but they like just stepped around it and stepped in big piles of shit of their own making. The stuff with women in this game is like absurd. It's it feels like you know like a furious incel wrote this. Like the character you were talking about too. Um, I forget her name at this point. No, I don't. It's Benedicta. Yeah, Benedicta. Right? She's like, at first, is like you're sort of like Cersei Lannister type. Like she's like using her sexuality to like manipulate people in in these different courts or and so forth. And then so she has to be punished, but with like that thing where she like turns into a harpy is like her form and and the thing where there's like the implied rape or or threat of rape that's going to happen to her. Like all this stuff. There's like. A woman character in the beginning of the game who betrays someone and it's like why would she betray them and it's like well she just look at her she's a she's a lady she's right it's just like biblical it's like oh well that was that was the that was what's in you know 
Eve had to, that was just what she did. And so this, and this is her punishment now. Like there's just, it's like absolutely bizarre. But then at the same time, they have like, I think the relationship between the two brothers, Clive and I forget the, oh, Joshua, Joshua, um, I think it's like actually one of the more like competent relationships they've written in, uh, or, or that they is kind of weird because it's obviously so many different people, but it's like one of the more competent kind of touching in some ways, like depiction of siblings, I think in a game in, in quite a while. And some of the stuff about the, that they're trying to kind of say about like the world ending and, and what carries on and, and when you kind of like boil it down to like the big themes that they probably wrote on a whiteboard about like totalitarianism and like, you know, love of, of siblings and friends and stuff like it, that stuff like surprisingly worked for me. And I think the, the art design in the game is like incredible. I think a lot of the time, I think there's like some great looking characters and locales and everything. And it, oh, there's like a ton of stuff. Like I just, I had a great time playing the game, even though I thought it was shit like <laughs> right yeah exactly so many ways and and i think and, yeah i think you're right in terms of the the space between the good and the bad feels so stark that i, I you know not to you know speculate about what the actual development process was like but it just feels like someone lost certain editing fights about what would be cut or what mm. would be expanded upon and there's like a sort of director's cut version of this game where if you could go back in, you could, with a sort of scalpel, remove certain things or replace them and just have a much better game. Like, it's not, there's nothing necessarily in the DNA of the game as much as it feels like it should be central to the world building, some of these themes. It's like, no, you could actually, that's just like fucking junk that they put, like, that lore could have been written five different ways um, and they just chose the worst one. And so, yeah, I, I agree that it, it it's so stark that it feels like a point in its favor that, they could have there's a version of this game that would easily shed those things yeah it's one of those things where there are certain you know really big budget movies and games you see it all the time where you think like you know the the bedrock of what you're doing here so much of it is your script and it's like just take the time with the script like look at these things and and you can figure out a lot of the problems here the combat system stuff is a is another can of worms but yeah, like there's weird pacing in this game. Like it's it's sometimes it feels like things are going by way too quickly, and sometimes it feels like they're just glacial. Um, but I don't know. I, I did think it was actually like one of the more interesting games. In I think it gets a lot of points too for um, the guy who voices Clive. I think puts everything into it in a way that you don't see in games enough. Like we have a lot of good voice actors now, but when you get like sort of someone whose voice isn't like drilled into your head right there and they're going for it. And the, the character of Clive, I think is so just like kind of, you know, he's like so bland and kind of whatever. And the actor gives him so much more dimension. Right. Um, I think, which, yeah, it's like when you think, Oh, video games just aren't, they're just not good at writing or story. And then you see a, a game with actually good writing and, and story. And you're like, Oh no, that's just, that was just all these other games. Like it's, it's, it can be done. It's fine. It's similar. I yeah. think with the voice acting, you're like, Oh no, this is what good, like they cast the right person. They were directed, I guess, in a good way. The script suits them. And so you're all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, this is like excellent. Like some of the best, um, you know, in game performances, um, 
for this type of thing in a, in a while that, you know, even compared to like, you know, Naughty Dog, whoever people feel like are the pillars of that. Um, that's, yeah, the last thing I'll say on that. I agree with you on that. Uh, let's do another question. <laughs> let's do a quick, right. let's, let's do a quick fire. <coughs> okay. Okay. Cause the last one I asked him, we talked about it for about, about 40 minutes. And we've got we've got loads of these, so we've got to we've got to just you know what I mean. We just got to go bam, just first thing that comes to your mind. Whoa! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, okay, uh, this is from Neil Oneself, and uh, Neil Oneself asks, "What do you all hope to be talking about on 2024's end of year podcast?" Mm, nice question. Oh no, now silly, everyone's thinking and that slows um, us down. Yeah, well, I'm I, 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 I don't know. Oh. Jeff Keeley's assassination. <laughs> Yusuf, what were you saying? Um, I'll be talking about how great it's been to have a nice year reading books and not playing video games. <laughs> oh, be quiet. Oh, oh, behave. I just feel so much like lighter and like I'm not wasting my life. <laughs> You're stealing my thunder. You're, you're doing, <laughs> these are my bits. Hmm. He, uh, yeah, gone. What, what was the question again? Just like what do we hope we were talking about the next year this time? Yeah, so tw- yeah. Tw- I, tw- I, 12 months hence, we're back here. What are we talking about, hopefully? Uh, hopefully the this, this Switch 2 is uh, just fucking a better Switch and it has all the games and I can, we can just continue. They, instead of reinventing the wheel, Nintendo can just spend another six years making great games for a platform that is static and uninteresting and boring. Um, and also, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is as good as it looks. I guess that's that's the, the hype person in me being, I hope I hope those things turned out to not suck. Hmm. Yeah, my, my actual one would be somehow miraculously the Max Payne remakes have come out. Oh, they're not going to yet. Yeah, are they? I know. It's still a ways off. But it's, you know. I was not excited about those until... There was something about it. I guess I didn't really realize before that they were going to combine the first two into one. Yeah. And that, like, Modern Remedies doing this. I don't know, man. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of thing that, unfortunately, I, you know, it's like Metal Gear Solid 1 and Max Payne, I think, are, like, sort of, like, Achilles heels. Like, I just want to see what those those games look like. Mm-hmm. Even if they stink, which they won't, no, because they're as long as they don't get rid of everything about the original Max Paynes. Um, so I guess my realistic thing is I I don't know, I don't know. I hope they get the that you know my favorite VR sex game. I hope where that zooms in <laughs> on the inside of their teeth and eyeballs, that mm-hmm. thing where it does that sometimes in mid coitus, and I would like that bug to be fixed. I have no idea. I want some games to come out that are interesting. You think Stalker 2 will come out? Yeah, I think it will. I think it might not be very good, though. Yeah. Mm. But I think it will. I want to be a real it, monkey, monkey, see monkey see spa of the game. What What even is coming out next year that we know about? Because I, um, I have a hard time like thinking of like platforms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I... I I hope that new Chinese room game is good. I don't think it... It has, like, none of the original Chinese room people in it, like, working on it. Yeah, that might be a good thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I still remember Ed going completely off on uh, Everyone's Gone to Rapture. Well, that happens every episode. <laughs> um, I think the here, here's me here's me sounding like a like a connoisseur. I think the best game of next year. We've not even heard about it yet. You know. Well, no. It's gonna sneak. No, it's no, gonna no. sneak. <laughs> it's gonna sneak out. It's gonna be some little some little thing that comes along. It sounds like in like some sort of I don't know nose in the air kind of thing to say, but it is true. Usually the best. My favorite games uh, in a year are ones I don't know about at the beginning of the year. I'm going to put a pin in it now. One of the things we're going to be talking about next year is the anniversary edition of Braid. Oh, fuck. I, don't, I hope not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. What if you interviewed John Blow? Joe, Joe Blow. Joe Blow. Do you think he would take a hostile interview? Not not hostile, but a. I know not... it'd be fucking hostile. I would it? I don't know. I I think he would, but he's just. Oh, this I, some... start, I started out with a John Walker. I, I think you get I off? think there are some people. Off, buddy? <laughs> I think there are some developers who are very, from an ego standpoint, need a sort of vindication, or I don't know. They 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 like will need to talk to people and be like a Kevin Levine type person ken levine mm. um who like just sort of needs i don't know the validation of being in conversation with that stuff i my sense of jonathan blow is that he could not give a shit and just wants to like work on the stuff and like does not want to talk about people hating him or what like, like he just I, I i feel like he gets he does to the extent that he does interviews or things it's like someone's like no you fucking no one's gonna buy this thing you need to like talk to people about it We've yeah. we've got some we've got some shit like the the ghosts of it's like the shining like the ghosts of old tragedies are returning next year we've got we've got braid anniversary edition we've got the remake of brothers a tale of two sons and <laughs> a remake Jesus, yeah a, re, a remake and we've also got a remake of lollipop chainsaw um, oh yeah that's going ahead isn't it so that's 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 en okay. that's en route. Um, well, that's good. It's all stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Right. Christ on the cross. Um. Yeah. No, I think the serious thing is that like a lot of games, uh, come out of nowhere, or or are not come out of nowhere, or they might be things you've heard of mm-hmm. and you didn't pay much attention to, and then they get a release date, and then like, you know, could end up being something. Like I've just like sort of half looked at whatever this Pacific Drive thing is. Like that could be interesting. Yeah, that that's that, something that's like on the horizon. And there's that game Skate Story that I think looks very good. Um, oh yeah. Okay. All right. We need to we need to carry on with the worst game. <coughs> Yusuf. Yusuf's been too quiet. Yeah, but okay. I want to hand off from Yusuf. Yusuf, give us your. And he's like, I'm uh, just. He's probably reading a book right now. Yeah. Uh, I got I've got a corn cob pipe and a nice hefty tome. Let me put this aside. Yeah. Um, Ash out that corn cob pipe yeah, for you. Yeah, burn don't, your house don't want to burn the house down. Don't set it on the PS5. <laughs> it's a good corn cob <laughs> pipe holder. It's the only thing it's good for. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, to, I mentioned that, like, yeah, my articles are cry for help this year. I think it's because there's been so much, at least in the first half of the year, I feel like it was like a sort of this, like, uh inundation of remakes 
Mm-hmm. And I just like, was like, is this it now? Are we just, you know, we're out of ideas. We're just kind of playing the same thing over and over again. Um, and I think even though it was kind of well-received, I really, like, my nadir was playing Dead Space, which I didn't really play, like, more than, like, an hour of because I was just so fed up. Even though it's the, the original game I really enjoyed. And I was like, but technically I should have enjoyed the remake because it was the same game. But I think because it was just, like, so creatively bankrupt um, and just put nice new graphics on... Um, something that already had good graphics and uh, yeah just felt like I'm like what it just felt so utterly pointless and a waste of my time that I was just kind of like it it was pretty bad it was pretty hard going I, was... I mean it might have it didn't help that I just played it right after Callista Protocol <laughs> yeah <laughs> which ruled I was, was great I was surprised <laughs> I was I was actually surprised how not different at all the dead space remake is from dead space i mean it's a remake yeah it's a remake but like you know resident evil 4 was a remake um yeah which at least does a lot of different things yeah for sure that that dead space remake is it is dead space it's just it's dead space but for 70 american dollars or yeah 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 yeah. and people are like you know well it's one of the best games of the year well it was one of the by that token, it's like one of the best games of two thousand and eight. You know what I mean? It's 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 like it sounds like such a yeah. it sounds like such a kind of like dismissive kind of cliche. It's like, oh, it's just the same game but better graphics. But Dead Space is the same game but with better graphics. Um, yeah, it's it's certain like I don't want to come out. Yeah, it's like sometimes I feel like I come off as like yeah dismissive about it because yeah, sure remakes are like there to provide. The experience for people who might not have the original game or have played the game or whatever, blah, blah, blah. The original game, yeah, right? very easy like, to play it. I mean, part still... of it's like the problem with the games industry just being so anti historical and like just wanting to live in a permanent present. Um, well, and the kind of like also the, the thing of like the, which is like boiled into everything, like the, the, the refrain of has it aged well? Like, like things yeah. can't just be something from a time. It has to be, you know, that newer is better and what yeah. hasn't come out is the best of all. And everything has to um, look like the newest engine, like, or the newest, yeah. like, whatever is the current graphics, like, trend. Um, so, like, a, it's like a flattening of everything. So, it just felt very, yeah, just kind of, like, soulless. Um, and, yeah, like kind of a, a a bottom a bottom of sorts like just not like i just was like this is you know it was a hard way to start the year um and you know like i'm yeah i'm just like i kind of just like threw my hands up there and i think i pretty much finished most the game it's like one of the games that like i just like couldn't bring myself to even play um and maybe that disqualifies me from saying it's the, my least favorite but hell fuck it it's our podcast i don't know there there was a did we podcast about dead space or maybe this is when we did callisto protocol but there was something that was like very like spiritually dark about the dead space remake and i'm not trying to be hyperbolic i'm laughing because it sounds ridiculous but there i also had the experience of i replayed the dead space games like the summer like 
uh, last summer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we did, and then we did Callisto Protocol, and then mm-hmm. we did the Dead Space remake. And there was just something about it that was like, it was kind of like watching like a, you know, if you watched like Jeff Bezos like make a, a giant cake and there were a bunch of starving people and he just like threw it in the ocean you know it's just like look what i can do and it, there was just something that's like it's just sad and like a waste and yeah you know, i don't know there's a it's, certain like a uh a, like kind of a horizon point of like yeah. what games want to do and you're like is this it yeah especially it's the kind yeah. of thing that makes you want to like yeah I mean, you can kind of see, like, the Unabomber maybe would have played Dead Space. <laughs> and then uh, and that's where everything, mm-hmm. that was like the, the fulcrum. Um, that, that's kind of how I feel about uh, Super Mario RPG, um, mm. which is basically what the Nintendo did the same thing, but for a much older game that mm. isn't available on modern platforms by because they're just unwilling to do it. And it's I, similarly where I'm like... I. You know, taking it in the full context, it just feels cynical and like you needed to fill a spot in the release calendar, um, and or, you know, this is a this is a good internal device for training uh, newer team members, you know, on tools or the past, uh, you know, parts of the series and things when they go on to make Dead Space Four or whatever. But it just becomes like, like why yeah. are we doing? this like this exactly. is this it's like oh yeah it's like I, I got you know a spare tire which is great but also i don't you know you, you don't need it if you already have four tires mm. yeah i've heard that about that mario rpg as well it's a similar thing of a lot of people being like it's great because it's the same game that i liked already which... yeah it's kind of it, that it also like makes me feel like a sort like there's like a dismissal of the audience too where it's just like we're dumb. We'll play it. We just want to play the same game. Like we we don't care. Like you know, here's your training exercise. Here's your like your budget um, kind of uh, gap fill, and you know the the gamers will play it. They're not. They don't care. They they don't need anything new. They don't need anything like interesting or innovative. Like they're they'll they'll buy it. And you know, we did. Like we're not necessarily dis- disproving them, but there's there's absolutely like a, a level of like disdain felt that i feel to be like you're just gonna release this and like charge me this much and then um you know like kind of not make older games available and not like try and kind of i don't know like the, the, not try and kind of maintain a linearity of, of the of the history of your games and uh, and and just and treat them as like actual like concrete objects and not as like ephemeral um, brand representations like versus like something yeah. that like has actually a lasting presence like a disdain for the audience disdain for their own games disdain for like the the art form um, just yeah I just think it's all gross I don't like it there was a good I think there's a good arc on bullet points that was sort of <clears throat> unintentional I think at the beginning and then became intentional at the at the end I think <clears throat> where we did like the last of us one remake mm-hmm. and then we did like i think the callisto protocol which i think is within this conversation too in its own way yeah and then we did like dead space and then we did resident evil <laughs> and then we did system shock and it's i think like we did remakes like it's there we we have said our piece i think about remakes 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could go back and there's like the Final Fantasy VII remake issue too that I think you could throw into that pile and yeah. It's really interesting, like, if you're gonna have this, like, remake, reboot, remaster kind of culture going on, it's gonna encourage a level of, uh, in sort of, like, the way, the way people are going to look at it, um, is, is going to naturally happen, right? Like, I didn't like Resident Evil 4, the remake, very much. I love the original, I thought, you know, but I'm, I don't, it's like, sure, it exists, that's fine, because it's a different thing. Um, to me, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you get this kind of thing where it's like, just no justification for it, really, it's... I don't know. I'm with you. That was also on my my worst category. It, it didn't receive top marks, but it is in the worst category, is Dead Space Remake. Ed, what's your worst? we got to keep moving here. Yeah, I want to go quick. Um, Dave the Diver was my least favorite game of the year. <laughs> hey, Ed. <laughs> I, that's mine. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It was. It was between that and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. It's and uh, Dave the Diver won out. Fucking stupid patronizing twee shit. The every year a game like this comes out and everyone's like, oh, you know, uh, games are different now and they tell stories and they can be. Fucking... No, it's a fucking finely honed stu- time waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pile of fucking shit. And then it got kill the loop. And then it got like, oh, you know, it's it's really great indie game. Oh Christ! <laughs> it's by like Nexon. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. The... I knew. I I don't know why I even played it because I knew there's a line in the fucking trailer where I was like, I I I was the first thing that is said in the first trailer. I was like, no, I'm out. Where it goes like, oh, meet Dave, a very interesting human. Oh, get <laughs> fucking eat shit. That sounds like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. Abso- uh... It's like, that is how psychopaths think. <laughs> look at this, look at this, look at this, sh- look at this interesting human. Like, you're a fucking person as well. I hate, I, anyway, yeah, so Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave the Diver is, uh, it's my worst game of the of the entire year, and that's fucking saying something in two thousand twenty-three. Yeah, I I'm surprised you played it. I was uh, I thought I was going to be alone in uh, just a rotten game. Yeah, just a a similar feeling of soul death to uh, the remake thing, but worse in a way because of the the way yeah. it's discussed. Like this is but some it, brilliant innovation. It, it reminded me of when. Uh, Wolfenstein the New Colossus came out which I think is yeah. on the kind of like darts board in the bullet points office still um, <laughs> and you know people are talking about how yeah it's like oh you know AAA games are <coughs> with like subject matter and themes and it's so kind of like politically charged and character driven it's like are you have you what are you taking like what <laughs> what are you talking about and I, I, that's how I but, felt with Dave the Diver. It's like, yeah. But at least the new Colossus had the, the, the courtesy to end after like 12 hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game oh, is I know, like, I didn't finish it. I couldn't finish it. But Dave the Diver, I, I, I do not, I, I rarely do this. I refunded it on uh, Steam. I was, I was like at two hours or whatever, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. This no. is, there is something so, and I think you get older... 
And this is all old people, I think, on this podcast. You get older and you think about the No way, fellow kids. We're, we're cool. <laughs> no, they need to think about this, too. <laughs> it's You think about like playing a video game. And it's like, even when you like, and it's like, well, what am I getting out of this? Is it relaxing me? Even mm. like on, on just like the, the basic level. Mm. Am I sort of like, just, is this like at least a, a pleasant way to zone out? This Dave the Diver is like some fucking, I just picture people sitting in suits and just being yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then this happens and then someone has like a whiteboard with like, this should take this many seconds to get this result. It's like mm-hmm. last year. Uh, Vampire Survivors was almost my worst game of the year. And mm-hmm. it's a similar kind of thing, this, like, this celebration of, like, at least do drugs that make your brain function, like, in, in like, if you want things that are engineered to, like, fire the right neurons and stuff, like, just take drugs and talk to people, because at least you'll be talking to people. Yeah. Or, like, seeing the world or something. Like, this is... This game is just so... It's like... It's like fun as a science. Fun as a science. The science also, of fun. Also one of the worst text... Like the text bubbles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look like shit. Yeah. Look like garbage. The whole... Quote Fuck that, you, Dave the Diver. The whole, <laughs> the whole get quotation... Him, get marks, him on the text bubbles. The art style. Yeah. Can... Uh, yeah. Can go to hell. Can, can yeah, go to hell. blows, man. That game sucks ass. <laughs> Sorry, um, Dave, the fucking piece of shit. So my my runner up in case in the unlikely event this happened was Super Mario Bros. Wonder, um, which I think is also a game that is just it's uh, the full Mickey mystification. They're now at the point where you're like throw out the guy who does the voice of of Mario. We don't need him. We can do sound alikes. It's 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 um, you know an exercise in copyright extension. Um, uh, a method of fun drawn from sort of like asking you to remember fun you had in the past and then project it forward into an $80 purchase for Nintendo. I I think it's just, Nintendo is just such a, they've really like, they had a few years of goodwill where they looked like they were trying to like do something again with all their big towering, uh, all caps, 26 point font IPs. And now it's just between like Mario and like Tears of the Kingdom this year. I think they're just very willing to do the same thing again and again until the market dips for that thing. And I, there's just something so the kind of like cheerfulness, like the the sort of like overly like diabetic sugary cheerfulness of everything. Um, and the insistence that this is for everybody, so you can't even make the defense that it's just for kids. It's just so off-putting and so... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Game... The, like, Mario Wonder or whatever, I'm sure, is, like, technically who, who hurt excellent. You? It's just such a shit game. <laughs> it's just such a waste of time. Wait, so, so in terms of... I, I'm just... I'm, I, I, I'm, I can't... I'm speechless. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, even, uh, if it's, even if it's not the best game, I'm trying to think, like... Um, wait... Wait, wait, wait! Before we do this, uh, I'm I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer. I'm just gonna get another one from the fridge. You guys, you guys talk about your fucking Mario game. I want to get a I want to get a drink. Hang on. So are you, are you so you're ter- saying in terms of like, uh, I mean, because I don't I don't think there's anything cynical about 
Super Mario Brothers Wonder insofar as I think they spent six years to make a 2D Mario game that would not sell nearly as well as a 3D Mario game that resembled anything like the movie that just came out. Um, because that's that's what, you know, this is what they, the people who have been making Mario forever decided they wanted to do next with Mario. Um, and so are, are you coming at it in terms of just the aesthetic presentation and the structure of the levels? Are you coming at it in terms of like being having less interesting ideas than older 2D Marios like Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario Brothers World? Or in terms of like recent, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3D World and, you know, Bowser's, not Inside Story, was it Bowser's what, Fury or whatever? Um, or Mario Odyssey. Like, did you, like, where, let me know where you are on the scale of like the Mario stuff. I, I liked Mario Odyssey. Okay. I thought that was them thinking about how to continue playing around with the idea of like a 3d mario and i think what was the wii u one that they put out again with the bowser thing yeah that was 3d mario uh, super mario 3d world again with that one too i think there was some interesting kind of like playing with the line between like their 2d and 3d i guess the, that like 3ds game was kind of like that too where it seemed like they were kind of poking at the ideas of uh, kind of messing with the perspectives and the possibilities in that. This game, to me, felt like, well, we aren't going to do one of those, like, new Mario ones because that, you know, whatever, that aspect of the brand is, is is like, too beat up or something. So let's do this again. Horrible looking, I think, too. Like, that sort of, like, kind of, like, gross sort of rubbery look. That was like sort of in the new Super Mario ones, those like Wii ones that were kept going forever. I think it was like almost this bet hedging about like we're not gonna make just a straight up like 2D Mario again. We're gonna have to like put some gimmicks in it because we don't trust you to like kind of have the attention span or something. I don't know. There was just something about it that was so. And so in your face, too. I think maybe that's just, like, on a given day, Mario is either like, oh, come on, man, like, tone it down. Or you're like, hey, buddy. You know, and he's like, oh, wahoo. <laughs> and there was just something about the colors and everything. It was just, like, it was screaming at me the whole time. I just found it, like, super off-putting and, like, I don't know, like, an insecure kind of game, in a sense. Like, with the kind of, like, wonder gimmick thing and, and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm not communicating it well enough. No, no, I, I, I can, I can totally see that. I do think the, I think it's that, I think the color palette is very weird. The, the use of purple and green uh, in a lot of places is just kind of a weird Joker look. Um, there's definitely things about it that don't. They're, they're not how I would like. They don't speak to me personally. Um, I do think they are showing the ability to like go back to the more limited 2d format and show all right like what what is left that we could possibly like basically all right, all right we've we've made so many 2d mario games and this is a game that's about how can we what what do we need to do on each level to still surprise you in some way um and so i could see that if those surprises don't land um there's definitely parts there's levels that where you play where i would like I just kind of giggled to myself in the in the way that I did playing Cocoon this year, where like something is just um, you, it's not it's not readily apparent 
how these two seemingly completely separate and non-complementary ideas fit together, and then like the game kind of like you know does it for you, and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's that's it's kind of so it's, there's this sort of revelatory feeling uh, from doing pretty generic, familiar platforming stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's I go back and forth on being like this is amazing i love it and being like what what is you know why are why is there badges how come they're like they give you a grappling hook that you only use in like two levels like what is what how, I, there's other parts of it that are distinctly sort of nintendo and you wonder like if another company had done this would people treat it the same way i yeah and i think part of that was like that was on my mind there, there's also something that's becoming well, that that I very much like in you know years past. I think like sort of pre-Switch was like I I can't stand Nintendo generally like the kind of practice of no of, guns, no not, not enough <laughs> guns. No, but just sort of like the the idea of like um kind of doing the same thing again and again and again. I think uh, it kind of grated on me for a long time of the idea of like. Let's do another Zelda that's, you know, essentially the same one that I played when I was like nine years old or whatever. And which they did. And then they did something like Breath of the Wild, which I was like, oh, this is actually like an interesting game. Even though I wasn't crazy about it, I still thought it was like very interesting and very like respectable, kind of admirable. And you're like, oh, okay, they're letting these people who are really in, like have have really uh, compelling ideas, like, kind of actually execute these ideas. And you could see that kind of stuff, too, with, like, uh, you know, like, I think Splatoon was, like, a really interesting idea, and I think Mario Odyssey was interesting, all these different things. And then I, I kind of felt like Tears of the Kingdom, too, this year with this, it, it was just sort of inescapable, this kind of, like, we're big, we're Nintendo, we're, we're just, we do what we do, and you're going to like it. Um, kind of feeling of, of just this like kind of stomping around feeling and this sense of like it was hard to not think of them just as like giant faceless corporation just putting out you know the Mario movie being this year and everything is probably part of that as well it just it it all felt very like cynical in a sense um, I don't know I don't know it's probably that's like a whole other episode to like unpack a lot of different things about that but um let's um yeah should we throw it back to the audience let's do yeah it. unless ethan has another rebuttal nope nope i feel it okay someday ethan and i can argue about nintendo i guess yeah do it on if your I... own do it on your <laughs> own time do it on your own dumbass <laughs> show <laughs> if you want to talk about your stupid little fucking baby games you're gonna you're gonna do it on someone else's time all right, let's hear from the audience. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, let's, let's see here. Should I... <laughs> this comes from... Uh, I'm going to use the username. Skyrim Ambiance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to have yes or no answers on this one, guys. Uh, should, <laughs> should I quit gaming for a few years to reset my brain? <laughs> Uh, yes. yes, that's uh that's gonna be a yeah. That's gonna be a no for me actually. You should, Plug your brain. You should just play games constantly, every single. Yeah, you can play if you 
If you play enough games, that'll also reset your brain. Yeah. In a different way. Mm-hmm. The, the way out is through. Ethan, what's your vote? Uh, I I need I need more information than that. I don't well, know. Well, hang on. What, hang what's, on. What's, what's... The question's slightly longer. Uh, should I quit gaming for a few years to reset my brain? I feel increasingly like an addict chasing a high. Nothing really hits oh, anymore. Oh, definitely stop. You definitely stop. Oh yeah. You gotta get that tolerance yeah. weakened again. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Which is, I think, the se- was the secret of uh, Assassin's Creed. They just needed to stop making them, and uh, people were going to start liking them more. Yeah, that's why uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage was so great. <laughs> uh, I, I, had a, I had a decent time. It's like yeah, uh, but you like games are you like, like Mario. No, actually, the whole fucking discussion which you weren't listening to was that I don't like Mario. No, you, but you didn't like it because it's not, it's not like the other Marios. No, that was. <laughs> you have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, I was looking at I was looking at Twitter because it's 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 one year since it's more interesting. Well, no, 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 it's one year since the launch of uh, High on Life. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let me let me let me have one more quick fire question, and then we'll. Uh, I guess we're talking about the best games next. Yeah, Ooh, getting exciting. By the way, I'm getting I'm getting pissed off because there's not enough raisins in this fucking check space. <laughs> That's gross. Raisins? What? Yeah. With wait, with trail mix or is it like mixed nuts? Trail mix. What's trail mix? I thought I thought you were saying checks mix. Yeah, did you say checks mix? What do you call it? I'm trying to use your <laughs> words. We just call it, we just call it we just call it mixed nuts and fruit. <clears throat> Because that's okay, what that's it is. Trail mix. Yes. Yeah, that's trail nut. That's trail and mix. I was trying to use your phraseology because I'm, because I'm, I'm in the presence of you know, you guys. Greatness. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, I like this question because I like the way it starts. Big fan of your work, and bullet. Oh yeah, it's a, this is a good one. Big fan of your work and bullet points, Ed. Oh. I think it's more about me to be honest than you know. No, I don't like this question anymore. <laughs> Big fan of your work on bullet points, Ed. This is fucking treason. Maybe read it one more time. Curious to <laughs> curious to know what your favorite piece of games criticism was this year. This is where I fall down because I don't read enough. I read a great article the other day by Garrett Martin of Pace where he just put <coughs> barrels into the Game Awards. And it, was, it was really refreshing. Hmm... I'm trying to think about this. Not easy, is it? So it's, no, someone else go. Anyone? I mean, uh, it's incestuous, but I do... I mean, in bullet points, when Autumn wrote that piece for Armored Core 6... Yeah, that was a good one. She had a body. Is excellent. Excellent. And just, like, a really good way of, like... This does what, the, what criticism should, which is like, kind of like find the themes, like surface them, and then, you know, like kind of spell something, like kind of like uh, tell us a story about like that's very personal, not necessarily like con- like in a obvious way, but in a way that like really evokes a, like the voice of the writer, um, and just kills it. Did we? Do we have Edwin's article on Dead Space this year? No. Is that this year? That was <laughs> oh, last year, I think. Oh, wait, no. I don't know. Wait. No, we don't. Wait, when did we run that? Halloween? 
<coughs> oh, was yeah, that, was that yeah. Halloween? Was that last yeah. year? No, yeah. so that's, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. So that was that was very good, but yeah, that didn't count. So that was that excellent. Was last year. Um, Shit. I think I think uh, John Bale's piece on on Alan Wake two I think was excellent, as was yours, Ed. I thought we're both reading yours was. Uh, like one of those things where I think sometimes criticism can do this, where you experience something, you know, a, a game in this case, but it could be like a movie or a book or an album or something, and it gives you a lot of feelings that uh, and thoughts that you know it's it's the job of the critic to articulate those to turn them into amorphous things into something you can read and hopefully enjoy reading and blah 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 and see something from a different way. And sometimes you can feel like you're getting something from something and you're like, I'm not sure if that is what everyone else is getting from it too. And then I read you Ed on Alan Wake too. And I was like, Oh, that's like uncanny. Like that. It was, it was strange. It was like reading something I had written, but written in another voice. And that was like really, gratifying in a weird way just to like it's like one of those things that makes you feel like you're not like your your brain is is not just like some thing wholly on its own right like when you see those kind of reactions it's like i think why people get excited when they see something they really like and then it gets really popular or something and they're happy that it's working for other people um i'll tell you what since uh since we're talking alloway to and we've got Ethan here. I, I do remember enjoying Carolyn's review of Alan Wake 2 over on the old Kotaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Carolyn's review is great. Um, she does a really good job, I think, of, of sort of trying to meld both, like, the, the traditional review format where you're trying to inform people about, like, the game for people who don't, you know, might never play it, but then also, uh, you know, diving deeper into sort of trying to exhume what the essence of it is and, what, what like, what's so interesting about it. Mm-hmm. I think the Kotaku reviews in general are very good at doing that. That um, I think a very difficult job of kind of having both of those. Yeah, you know, I don't want to talk shit. Kind of approaches, um, but uh, for a, I'm extremely an extremely harsh critic, like internally, just of like my own work and of my peers' work and of people. And I, I'm I've gotten very good about just not sharing any of that, you know, these days. But. Um, when I do look around, any any more now when a new game drops, and I think like, okay, where do I want to? Who's what website am I going to go to to start reading their first reviews? It's like there's just not. I don't know if it's just me aging and people leaving, and you know, just newer writers I'm not aware of or what, or just like sites getting worse. But there's just not. There's not a lot there. Um, and I think one of the things I still appreciate about a lot of Kotaku reviews is that they're they're still fairly long, which is not necessarily always great yeah. for like the yeah. reader experience, but any, you know, it's, it's not, you know, anymore. You usually now anymore, if you get a long review, it's someone trying to hit all the bullet points of like, and then the graphics and, uh, there was some bugs and the music and it's kind of just reads like a, a super long laundry list. Um, so, but I do appreciate, I, so I look back at a lot of our work and I wish we could write more reviews, but I think the ones we do have often, are surprisingly good in the context of what is available at a large commercial site these days. I think so. I've I've been saying for a while. I think since like yeah. 
that that Kotaku does really good reviews. I think Eurogamer as well and Polygon are sort of like, yeah, all all have pretty consistently great review writing. I'm gonna I'm just, um, I'm just gonna quickly update my answer. Um, and this is gonna sound like I'm joking. I'm actually not joking. Um, the return of Clueless Gamer with Conan O'Brien. Uh, they did Starfield. And that was my favorite, I think, 10 minutes of like video game criticism <laughs> of the year. Yeah, I think you've made your case for that before, and it is kind of... Conan does have a way of being like... So why the fuck is this the way it is? And like, right, some yeah. of, like why, you know, like, oh, why, why can't my character climb over this, like, small collection of chairs when a minute ago <laughs> I could see him, you know, uh, doing loads of other kind of physical activity? And it's just like some of those questions, it's like you forget to ask those when you've been in there for so long because you take so much for granted. But it's, sometimes you just get no, an yeah. outsider. It's like, what, <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense it's like, how this works. It's like being in the asylum and being like, but why So we can't Why can't we use the bathroom at this time? Yeah. Like, how, yeah, come, yeah, yeah. How, come, how come we're having this food for dinner again? It's like, well, yeah. why would you ask that? Yeah. Um, uh, I will say real quick, my, my favorite is just top of mind because I read it recently, but uh, Duncan Fife over at Remap wrote a sort of, it's, it's not strictly criticism, it's you know criticism, essay, re- book review of John Romero's, um, I guess it was a sort of autobiography, Doom Guy Life in the First Person, but I think it's just a really excellent long form essay that is kind of weaving in history of... Romero and of Doom and of the mythology around him and John Carmack and others from that time and their own ability or inability to sort of reckon with their their own histories and hagiography and and while also talking about like game design and, and things that I think it's just a, and it's just a very well written piece a lot of people can do have those thoughts and ideas and put them on paper um, but his essay was also just like a pleasure to read, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, there's some there's yeah. some big recos. Uh, I feel bad that I'm, I'm not thinking of an individual piece right now. Come back to it. Come back to it. Let's let's uh, let's go on to the good games. Let's go on to the positivity. Let's, let's do the positivity cast. Hey everybody, let's talk about the good games. And that's uh, that's the end of the show. So <laughs> thanks. That's so all much. the positivity we got. Twenty twenty three is a great year. Yusuf, what's your favorite book? <laughs> <laughs> no, you you go um, first. You're Mister. Surprisingly, the most Mister. Negative. I'm not negative. I'm just. I'm literally like, it's hard, man. I'm getting old. I can't play games anymore. Well, I'm getting old too. You know, I mean, hear me hang on, who's who's the oldest out of the three of us? Um, I want to say re- no. Mm? No. Okay, I'm I'm no. I'm 33 years of age. You're such a little baby. So what does that make you? I I am 40. I'm 37. Ethan, I, what I'm are you? 30, Ethan, I'm 35. Hell oh, yeah. yeah! Youngest in the room. Baby. Oldest in the room. Um, There's the baby. Yeah. So yeah, you guys, you guys talk to me when you get to forty and see if you can still play these stupid fucking things. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, no, it's just. I mean, I mean, it was funny though because then I looked at I I looked at my PlayStation Wrapped and I was like, oh, I played a shit ton of hours of games. I think when you get older, you just play the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you just like don't really want to play new stuff. It's kind of like, like I want to go to my old bar, my old restaurant where they know my order. I like <laughs> to play Metal Gear Solid 1 and listen to Wolf Parade uh-huh. and, and TV on the radio. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because, um, yeah, like I was like thinking about it. I mean, I'll give a real answer, but my fake answer... <clears throat> Was there was like a week over the summer when I was like, I just want, I was like, I want to just go back to Elden Ring, Elden Ring best game of last year and this year, uh, technically. But um, I wanted to beat Millennia again or beat Millennia without any like help, um, any like kind of NPC help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it took like a solid week. Like it was like, I think I spent like an hour or two a day. Just memorizing her her attack patterns, it's like not really like um, thought provoking stuff, but because like it like there's such a satisfying concrete reward to understanding the puzzle that like the physic like the kind of the physical and spatial puzzle, um, and there's a sense of character like it's a like a puzzle with like a sense of character and like like life to it because like the, you sort of per, you really can easily personify the bundle of code that you're going up against even though it's like ha, she has a set number of moves but it's almost like kind of it's almost like playing like solitaire because you're just mm. like oh this time when i come out you're going to like run at me and you're going to do this sort this overhead slash and this time when i start the match you're going to kind of back up a little bit and make me kind of charge and it's just enough ran- randomness um, and kind of a sense of familiarity with the systems. So then, like, because I, I recently I rewatched, cause I rec- of course recorded the video of when I finally beat her. And it was like, this is definitely the most satisfied I felt playing a game this year. Did you just <clears> take <throat> that in the Discord? I did. I, think I, I was very I proud of it. Every, every day. He said every day for the last Every day I, yeah. I quote, I really link to it. And I'm like, remember this? <laughs> um, no, no one gives a shit. But I was very, like, I just was so sad, like, just satisfied, proud of myself. And I, th- I feel like a- I, I just need, there's also a period when I was, like, not, I was, like, not getting that much work, like, in my uh, freelance, like, not, like, writing freelance, but, like, emotion freelance. So I was just, like, feeling very down about my ability to do things so it was like kind of like this like it's like what certain games can absolutely like be a psychological stand-in for of like actual success accomplishment, <laughs> accomplishment. yeah that's what the first <coughs> destiny was for me it was like mm. just uh well I'm, I'm making i'm i'm shuffling emails at my day job but when i go home i'm yeah. uh, accumulating a huge stockpile <laughs> of sci-fi <laughs> weapons to take on cosmic <laughs> I know. It's so like like perfectly Pavlovian and like just hits the lizard brain. Um, That's why you gotta play Max Payne three and then just be like I'm I doing should all right. play all <laughs> things considered. Yeah, I'm better than these guys. I I will say when you were describing the the attack patterns, it was making me think back to when I was like going on to seventh grade or something. I was I was homeschooled and I was going to go into middle school and my dad was really set on me getting into honors uh biology no i don't know honor science and so i had to like quote unquote pass biology the middle school version of biology on like a test and so we were on summer vacation we were like down at the shore for a week and he was i was every morning had to go through all of these index cards flash cards of like biology terms and like these this is the the you know 
the tree of life on the planet mm-hmm. and these are the, all the things and parts of the cell and whatever and just like i'm imagining like playing a game like having you know a hundred index cards and like having to restart over until you have properly like responded to each one and then all of a sudden you have passed the test and but like what it takes to dress that up in a game to make it feel meaningful mm. and and you know rewarding yeah. on like a, a, an aesthetic level that beyond just like having actually cr- you know given the correct uh responses for each input yeah exactly it's like it is there's is something there that connects with how we treat problems in our life and like and, and challenges like you know like once you feel like good if you can like meet a challenge and you're prepared for a challenge um, and so, yeah, there's just like on a pure feeling level, that was it. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> real, real quick. Did you play armor core six? I did, but no, that's pretty good. No, but like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm curious. I know that I've never, uh, I've always struggled with dark souls games and Elden ring was especially difficult because of how open-ended it was and going yeah. into armor core, which has sort of a lot of. Um, familiar from soft moments, very sort of like um, structured and doled out in a specific pattern was like, it was much easier for me to go through it and be like, okay, I, this is like, everything was very bite-sized. And so even the boss fights felt extremely surmountable because it's not, you're, Mm -hmm. you're not worried about losing progress or being sent back to a certain place or having to walk back. So like, I felt like I was getting, the from soft experience that so many people love, but in an, in a form in a format that was that worked for me, where a lot of their other games hadn't. Yeah, because you, it'll checkpoint you before the bosses. It'll let you change your loadouts. Yeah, it's very forgiving um, and very support, like a supportive of the pl- the actually getting to pr- progress, right? Um, no, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're like that's that's why it's for babies. No, I, I thought I mean, actually it's pretty hard, like. Like, beating that game is... I know Reed had some issues. <laughs> oh. Speaking of babies. <laughs> yeah. he, it was, he did not... Yeah, you were, you were, really, was I, was you were I, really sad when you had to review that game. Or did you end up writing anything? No, I didn't. We were already talking about this on this episode, and I was like, you're like, oh, you should not write for more issues then if it's blah, blah, blah. You kept being like, you just write something. Just write something on this. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so because yeah, pretty cool. It has, I it's cool, but I didn't think I would like it. But it's like, yeah, it's got some, it's got some juice. We can't, we can't have Elden Ring though. Is I know, I know. I was gonna segue to come another on, game. Come, I, come I, on, I, I, I will. I, this is it was kind of a surprise for me, but I ended up being um, David Diver. David Diver, it's fucking so adorable and cozy. <laughs> no, it was. Um, uh, Cyberpunk, awesome. Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Uh, expansions. There we go. We'll, we'll accept that definitely. That's a clap, new clap, game. Clap, 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 that's, clap, a, clap. that's a new experience. Yeah. Came out in 2023. And yeah, I mean, so I, I, I skipped Cyberpunk when it came out um, for you know all the reasons that you would think. And I think for a while I was like not playing it because I was like kind of like I feel like if I skip a game, then I kind of enter a, a hater posture toward it. I'll be like, I can't play that. 
It's against my principles. <laughs> Even though it doesn't make it's any outdated. sense. <laughs> it's outdated. <laughs> no, it's outdated. Like, it came and went. The zeitgeist is over. Um, but I'm glad I came back to it because, like, a year later, everything's fixed for the most part. Like, NPCs still can't drive or shit, but um, it's pretty impressive, like, that they fixed everything because it's a pretty complicated, intensely huge and, like, many moving parts world. But beyond all that, <coughs> I actually, like, the world part of it is it's, like, still its weakest part, like, as a, as a game. Like, it's just, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we, like, we, I think you had mentioned, you had compared to, like, Mafia 3, where it's, like, there's, like, good writing, but then it's, like, kind of spread between a lot of clearly padded elements, and the world feels, like, too big and repetitive. And then that's definitely a situation in Cyberpunk. But I think the nice thing about Dog... The, not Dogtown, this uh, Phantom Liberty, but it takes place in this like little smaller Dogtown uh, area, is that it's like m- there's a lot more, um, you know, it's basically more concentrated, and you get to spend a lot more times in missions and talking to characters, and um, I think the game overall shines in like the more kind of like the uh, tentpole mission designs, similar to like which the Witcher Three, which is our last big game, like where it's like. You know the thing, the mem- the the game's memories are in its missions. It's not necessarily in like riding your horse through the woods, um, and I think that totally worked really well here. Like I just I thought they did a really great great job of of um, telling like this interesting story that tied into the wider game story. Uh, that was kind of I think a more like there was like more of like a, co- a coherent arc to it because it's basically kind of talking about like the like kind of like which read I think you talked about really well in your article this uh, week or whenever this month whenever this podcast comes out um kind of just talking about like the weight the weight of mortality and like kind of the things we do and the kind of the 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 things we sacrifice in order to survive. Um, I think the game like really gets, does some really good um, exploration of that, uh, which is rare for a game where like, you know, mortality is like you said, not really that like um, it's not hard. It's not easy to like think about it seriously uh, or treat it seriously in a game where you're constantly uh, reloading. Um, yeah. I just think that they, they do a really good job with like the characters um they brought they brought my man idris elba he's good in this i think he's i thought he did a great job i saw some some shit talking about his performance in this i I think he's he's also perfectly cast for this like self-loathing cia guy who like no one respects properly you know and he's just trying to do the right thing even though he's a bit too much of a company man to yeah i thought he was good in it yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Like, it, it it does, I feel like it does a good job of, like, because I think with, with, with anything anything in the cyberpunk genre, it's, like, tough because it's, like, such an inherently pastiche genre. It's, yeah. like, so, like, a, you know, it's so tied to its source material. And there's plenty of that happening here. Like, you know, it's, like, it starts off, like you mentioned, very, like, Escape New York, Save the President, like, very bombastic kind of 80s movie um and then kind of there's elements of like more kind of post-apocalyptic 
uh, future scape stuff happening. But um, I think like <clears throat> they managed to like f- tell a story that feels like not entire, not bound entirely by its references um, and something that's kind of like its own thing. And th- then like the and then they do their like they just do a really good job, which I think there's very few other studios that can really pull this off, like just like make, making you make the tough decisions. Like I thought it would actually be easier to make the decisions because it kind of makes you choose between sides. Um, and it's tough. Yeah, and it's not. I think it's because they don't give you like. There's no right answer. There's no like. There's no good path. Which but is it's also like yeah. you're also kind of choosing between two versions of a bad outcome. Yeah. In this one especially too, it's like. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you're like, well, what could your character live with i guess yeah it's like you're you're like you're kind of screwed either way um and then they punish you if you like with i think one of the bleakest moments i've ever seen in games is the ending i talk about in the article mm-hmm. if you sort of take <clears throat> a self-interested approach to the choices at the end mm. yeah yeah it's like kind of urging a different direction um or like, which is great because it tries. To, it, I think, yeah. If like, if you kind of like, you spend the main thrust of the of cyberpunk kind of trying to survive, or trying to figure out how a way to survive this like kind of debilitating, um, men, like kind of chip mental degradation that you have going on, that's gonna kill you. <coughs> and then it's just it's such a good idea to have the DLC like be about like like maybe like surviving isn't the point yeah um and i think that's really smart um and actually like i'm still i still have to finish the the main game so i don't know like uh, i'm curious to see where they go with the act with the original story um yeah it's worth messing around with too the um, conscious of time I'll, i'll just say that the one thing of like having played it and written about it back when like just the main game launched and seeing some of the things which is kind of what i wrote about like back uh, in the bullet points thing and i thought there was a lot of admirable aspects of the game but they were like pretty compromised by a lot of other aspects of the game that weren't successful Mm -hmm. and i think beyond the thing of being like well they fixed it because it's like fewer bugs and they like rethought some systems and you know and and certainly not to discount that stuff because it does make a pretty big impact but it's like with the phantom liberty thing is they they almost were like hey this is what like this is what we're kind of getting at here and here's another way to look at it that's sort of impossible to ignore Hmm. and if you weren't kind of like thinking a lot about these certain aspects of the game and about its preoccupation with death i think it's like that that addition to it really like drives it home that Mm. this is a large part of what what this story is about um which i think is really interesting to be like we added to it and like added to it in like a a very like it it gives you some faith in cd project again it's like an uncommonly sort of like literary addition to be like we're Mm. not just it's not just more stuff to do it is that with with like back of the box stuff but it's also being like, here, we're going to um, 
essentially like insert like an addendum to what what we're already doing here and and just kind of give you more to chew on and and still stay within the framework of what we're doing which i think like the witcher 3 they did that with the expansions and that pretty well as well yeah absolutely and yeah um no i think that they were really successful and i i like it it's fun to play too i am enjoying like because i'm not really like i'm trying to play more as like a net runner so kind of doing more of the hacks um and at this point i'm like so egregiously overpowered <laughs> that it's very entertaining like i just kind of like walk through a room like snapping my fingers and like half the half the guards just drop um and that's kind of cool like it's just like uh kind of the promise of that kind of approach where it's not just purely run and gun which you can do but there's like a lot um like just like i think the the perk the system of like of the mechanics of like getting into a fight are pretty satisfying at this point in the game's development. It has a good soundtrack, too. And I think they pack mm-hmm. something in where you can just listen to it while you're walking around. Yeah. They just they also just added in a subway. <laughs> Why not? Which is the most <clears throat> random, like, add addition. What didn't come with the DLC was, like, a patch. <clears throat> so now you can, like, they, you get a card. Like, it's like, you have the your Metro card. You can get in the, the Metro now. And you just, like, sit there. You can't stand up and walk around in it. You can only sit, sit in the seat. And, like, sometimes some, some passenger will have, something, will have some, like, diegetic dialogue. And then you have to wait for your stop. And you have to take the right train. Otherwise, they'll go the wrong part of town. Which I, I do kind of like. Because I'm like, yeah, this is actually good. I like that it's, like, you just have to, like, figure out where, where you're supposed to go. Can you get on the wrong you can get on the wrong, the wrong platform and then go in the opposite direction by accident. Because that's a real... Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's definitely like... That'd be I'm a good sure. I'm new to the city master. <laughs> Here's the last stop. Like, where where do I go? Looking at the stops going by and being like, shit, it's the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I can't believe I'm here. Cyberpunk. I, I was a hater, but now I'm committed. I'm a committed fan. I'm a fan. What a world. What a world. Uh, Edward? Reads. Rudd. What? Best, what, what? best game? Yeah. Um, my best game of the year. It's a really predictable choice, and I think it might also end up maybe being yours as well. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's old am- Amnesia. Amnesia the Bunky Wonk. Oh. oh, the Bunky Wonk. Mm. The Funky Bunker. Do you have more do you have more to say about that? <laughs> huh? Amnesia and the and the funky bunk? Amnesia and the Funkin' Bunkin. <laughs> what what do you what do you, you got anything else? I think um I mean obviously we we covered it for the site and uh, there's there's just a, a lot a lot of great stuff there. I th- did we did we do an episode on it? I can't remember. I don't did we pod? I don't I, I, I don't think we actually did. But nevertheless, I th- this this sounds almost like damning with faint praise, but I, I I mean this in like the the most positive way. It's a game. There's two things particular that I like about it. I could talk about it for a long time, but 
you know, for the sake of for the sake of brevity, the two things I really like about that game. The first one is that it it, it sets a kind of objective at the start of the game, and it that's it. It doesn't it doesn't move. So for anyone who's not played it, you're trapped in the bunker. Your the 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 sole exit from the bunker has been collapsed with rubble. But if you can find a detonator for this lump of TNT that's attached to the rubble, you can blow the rubble out of the way and escape the bunker. And basically, as soon as you achieve that, the game ends. And I I just really like that kind of it's it's that same thing as as kind of liking movies that are set over the course of one night, or um, you know reading novels that are, 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 are maybe like. 40,000 words long or something and it just has such a kind of like clarity of vision and I, we definitely talked about this I think when we talked about Dead Space or maybe the Callisto Protocol, I think it might have been the Callisto Protocol where I, I, I developed a new pet <coughs> which is when uh, and the Callisto Protocol does this a lot but it's when it will say to you, okay, you know, go and operate, go and turn on the generator. And then you get to the generator and the guy's like, oh, the generator doesn't work. I need to go, mm-hmm. on, I need to go and turn on three switches. So you go and turn on the three switches. And then when you, when you press the third switch, like, you know, the, 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 the floor collapses underneath you and you fall <laughs> down into like, yeah, the sewer. And then you have to get back out of the sewer to go and turn on the generator. And it's, it's just... It's like anti-storytelling to me. It's, it's, it's like anti-momentum. Whereas Amnesia the Bunker, it, it tells you to do something and you do it. And it never, ever kind of um, sort of deceives you in that way. Like, it deceives isn't quite the right word, but just... It's like a art- rug pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, like, there's, there's rug pulls that are kind of like narratively, oh my God, you know, like, uh, he was Kaiser Soze all along. That's a, that's a rug pull. That's a good one. But yeah, when it just like keeps moving the goalposts, um, it just it, it becomes really frustrating. I will say, uh, as a side note, uh, I replayed this year the original Gears of War, and in fact, I played the original trilogy. And the first Gears of War is also really excellent for this. When it says like, mm-hmm. when it says like, repel the attack from the locust, it's not like you kill all the guys that are in front of you, and then the reinforcements arrive, and then another dropship turns up. You just kill them, and that's the end. Like that's the objective complete, and you move on to the, on to the next thing. Um, and I wish more games were, were structured that way. So that's one thing I really loved about Amnesia: The Bunker. The second thing is um, it had, I think, a couple of the the most kind of. Just like effective sequences in games this year, just like individual moments. Um, if you've played it, you'll know what I mean when I talk about the pillbox moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go up there and it's a sniper. Ah, it's just like oh, I've, I've escaped the monster and I can see outdoors. I can see the light, but oh, you know, the the, the war is still happening out there. Um, and it just it makes the whole kind of like metaphor of the game really sing. And that, and that ending, and that the ending as well. Like you could not end that in a better way. You th- that is the perfect ending. It's the the game is just the right length. It, it it's just like punch after punch. I it's hard to think of like a flabby kind of section in that game. There's one bit that I didn't like. I think when you well, it's not even that I didn't like it, but I liked it less when you have to kind of go under the bunker into the kind of ancient ruins section, and mm-hmm. it, that that felt a little bit like old amnesia or a little bit kind of wishy-washy 
because it went you know that's when mm-hmm. that's when the game starts to talk a little bit about like ancient prophecies and you know um you know spirits and powers and things like this and what the game is good at elsewhere is having like a really sort of solid footing in terms of the you know the the, the environment and the, and the premise and, and and whatever um and it's you know it's four hours long and, and, and in that four hours it it has i think more more kind of like impact and intrigue and it's more vivid than you know anything that might be five six seven times that length that i've played this year so yeah i'd, I'd say amnesia is my number one close runner up um, no not close runner up but runner up alan wake two and then third runner up uh probably robocop rogue city which is actually quite a bad game um Bobocop. <laughs> I'm in the middle of Bobocop right now. <clears throat> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll park that one because we're gonna we're gonna come back to that one on bullet points um further down the road. But yeah, so Amnesia the Bunker, my my lock of the week, my shoe in of the week is Amnesia the Bunker. Um I'm gonna go to Ethan. I was playing Robocop this morning though, and there's a sequence where <laughs> Ed two oh nine is also coming onto the scene. They're like, Robocop, why don't you see if you can kill more yeah. punks than Ed 209? Uh-huh. And and unfortunately, Ed 209 is a killing machine. And then it flashes on the screen in big letters, Ed wins. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get a screen cap to send to you, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I was yeah. quick on the draw I, enough. I didn't get to see that because I actually beat Ed 209. Cause I'm, uh, well, isn't that funny? So, I'm good at the game, so yeah. You didn't win. Yeah. In a sense. By winning, you didn't win. Mm -hmm. Ethan, 209. Uh, Yeah, so um, real quick, I guess, uh, you know, fucking uh, cynical cash grab, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is my best game of the year. And uh, (laughs) uh, no, no, it's not. It's okay. No, no, no. we'll, We'll accept that here. It's okay. Your, your, he says, "Lay it on me." What uh, what's your beef? I what's your beef with the the old <laughs> elf and uh, and his sword? You can read. You can read what I wrote for Wired dot com. Uh, objectively, uh, the best Zelda Nintendo's ever made is what well, I hear. You know, I, I I've got to recuse myself here because one of my kind of uh, gaming admissions is that I've never finished a single Zelda game. I've barely played a single Zelda game. Yeah, you barely need to, right? They're all the same. Like, wait, what would you play? They are mostly the same. Uh, so the the thing I actually... I've, so I've experienced the game in sort of two ways. One is just like playing it by myself. Two is playing it with my son who absolutely adores it. Um, but most... Nuh-uh. Most, That's a cheat. Mostly just spends his time killing... He doesn't actually like play the game. He just uh, kills the same enemies over and over. He's like, Dad, they're back. And I'm like, yep, they'll, 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 they will keep coming back. And uh, <laughs> he... Uh, the thing I like, it's it's hard because it's like, yeah, on the one hand, it looks like, all right, this is just a reskin of uh, Breath of the Wild. They're just, um, they're, you know, they've got a big dial that says open world and they're just turning it and looking back to see people if people applaud or not. And uh, <laughs> but I I think it's it's the the crafting ability in this game is just so well done and so well tuned with the sort of. It's the kind of thing where it would be very easy to make it extremely tedious in in ways that um, 
crafting elements can often feel in games like uh, when done by Bethesda versus being sort of giving you too much power and making the world almost sort of feel perfunctory or um, like you, you have too much power and there's, there's no, you know, you don't really have to try. I think it just makes the, it makes the open world from the first game actually make sense. Like why, why do we give you this giant space to explore and to roam around? And then in Tears of the Kingdom, there's obviously two levels. There's the sky and also the, the below underground and i think it just there's just something so elegant about the fact that you there are a healthy a number of objects in the world that you can pick up manipulate and glue together and then they act with the complexity the the physics complexity you would expect from like a valve portal game and all of a sudden you have portal one of the best games ever grafted onto breath of the wild one of the best games ever and it, I think, makes the together. I think they make something much better than it looks like on the surface. Which is just, oh, there's just they they remix the world. You're going to go through the dungeons again, fight Ganon again, but this time you have an arm that you can use to like make um, a raft or you know a car, and it's kind of goofy. And um, but I the the sheer it's it's just I think it's impressive that the sort of feeling of you can go anywhere and do anything in the first game, which is kind of a cliche, but but with the addition of the paraglider, which is really, again, I think like when you go back to like a Skyrim type game, um, it kind of just makes those games feel like, what's the point of this open world? Like it, it, it sort of makes a lot of that stuff seem tedious by in comparison. Um, and they found a way to one-up themselves with the crafting mechanics, which basically are like, what if we took the paraglider, but like, here's all the things you can do around that um, to explore vertically the world. And um, there's just a lot of clever stuff that there's just things you do in the game and you're like, oh, this this couldn't possibly work. And then it does. And then all of a sudden you've you've bypassed some giant puzzle or dungeon or boss fight um, by by doing something ridiculous that still makes a lot of sense within the rules of the game. Um, And I think it's just extremely important impressive in that regard that like there are so many ways that this could have either broke or felt like you know like i I think back to like like games like scribble knots or which is such a random example but there are when you think of like okay what if we gave you the ability to craft anything in the game and then of course from a design perspective you immediately have to start limiting that because it would start to like just break everything else and you could limit it so far where all of a sudden it just sort of feels like another set of like um, you're just you're just putting inputs into a thing like oh, I've, I found that I, I'm at another puzzle and they need me to build the thing and so the thing has to be this and it needs to look exactly like this other the, otherwise the game won't be able to understand what it what the object is and how it functions like for instance making a car and it's like no you can make a fucking weird ass looking rickshaw thing and you can still ride it halfway across the map um, and I, I just the the amount of um, give in the sort of like the, the, the how far they're letting they're willing they're able to let you fuck around and um, still sort of make good on that promise I think is just spectacular. See, it's really like I find it interesting that I think there's this weird effect in games like when we talk about 
freedom and like the freedom to do more in some senses i think can end up highlighting limitation in a sense if you know what i mean like um i always think of it as sort of like an immersive sim problem it's like you play deus ex and it's like hey you can solve this any way you can think of because you can like pick things like pick up a locker if you have high enough strength or whatever you can hack this thing you can sneak through here you can do this and that but then it's like well i thought of one thing and now you won't let me do that so now i feel more constricted because i'm reminded of like the limitations the artificiality of the experience and i think for me one of the problems with tears of the kingdom and i think it does kind of walk a very fine line here and i could it worked for me for a while and then kind of stopped working at a point where that kind of the same kind of thing you're talking about with like more options in a sense made the world feel less alive in in some ways like because when you're imposing like a certain amount of order which you have to do in order to like if you're going to say you can you know here here's some crafting stuff at the side of the road and you could make like a cart but then there's nowhere to you know and then it's like some, a bunch of rocks next to it going down a hill into water it's like well then you can't really use it so then they you know want to have like say a plane or something nearby um to me it ends up making just like the artifice of it come through more strongly and i think that was sort of like i wasn't wild <laughs> i wasn't crazy about breath of the wild but i did like the idea that they were trying to kind of like give you like the original you know nintendo cart zelda feeling of like adventure and exploration in this place that's like you don't really understand it so you're surprised and blah 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 um I think the approach they took in a lot of ways with Tears of the Kingdom is like a good way to get a bit more juice from that squeeze kind of. But I did feel like I, I don't think of this one as like a cynical cash-in. I don't. It, I, I feel it's more like to me it felt sort of like unnecessary. Like a kind of like putting something that was had had a sense of like kind of like passion and rawness to it and then kind of putting it into a box um but yeah but anyway that's not to say i disagree with you at all no no i, I, I definitely see that reading of it from um and i yeah i just come out on the other side of that i i was much less i was much more cool on breath of the wild just because it felt sort of like all right there's this big open world and it's mostly not empty but just it's like um it just felt like a lot of work man like oh god this is <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, what if the yeah. original Zelda was 3D and immersive? And it's like, fuck, this is just a lot of tediousness. -ness um, whereas this one, it felt like, okay, now, now in these interstitial moments, like, this is what... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, there's, a, there's an element of... Um, what's the... the uh, not Far Cry, not Crisis. What's the... Just Cause, where it's like, okay... I can like just cause my way between from from one thing to the other, and it just is. It's much sillier, but it just also feels like almost more in keeping with some of like the bizarre puzzle functionality of older Zelda games, where it's like, all right, I've got metal boots that'll help me walk underwater, or I can like, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. do whatever. Um, and yeah, I just think it. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I really was really. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would, after bouncing off Breath of the Wild. You know. You know, pretty late in the game, just kind of like I don't, I, I get it. I don't need to keep going. Um, and for for me, runner up would probably be Cocoon, which is the the game by 
um, I'm already forgetting the studio's name. Uh, high, it's Geometric Interactive, I think, um, which is uh, includes the one of the one of the designers from Play Dead who had worked yeah, on see, Limbo and Inside. And, uh, what's his name? Yes, it's I can't pronounce it because it's Danish, but um, put it in the show notes as they say. Uh, but yeah, Cocoon is just like <laughs> I, I I I interviewed them, and I still need to put my interview up on Kotaku.com. Uh, as their PR person keeps reminding me, but um, just like super impressed, like the amount of years they spent on that game, slowly whittling away at the puzzles until there was only what was necessary for the puzzle to like work and be engaging and make sense and sort. It just like is another example of like there was a much sloppier version of that game that could have come out, and um, there's just not a moment in that game that feels perfunctory or wasted. And it's it's so lean. Yeah, game. it's so like all, all, yeah. and almost I could you could you could almost like I'm sure you could also make like as a criticism like there's something maybe almost um, I don't know if that's a, like a, a a trait associated with Scandinavian countries, but there's definitely an austerity <laughs> to the game that you could like someone who yeah, loves yeah. Super Mario Brothers Wonder would be like, why don't you have more fun? Like, why aren't there more like flourishes or just like you know spark joy in this game? But like I I appreciate. Um, and and did you know many many moments and it did spark joy for me. But I just yeah I appreciate how everything in the like one as a perfect example you you there are bo- boss fights in the game, and so naturally you'd be like okay well as an obstacle so the the and it, you know to punish you for for failing the boss fight the boss needs to kill you, but instead of killing you, the boss just sort of bounces you out of the world in a way that. Um, is only mildly, you know, it's, it's just a mild setback, um, but like within the scope of the game and the rules and everything, just makes perfect sense. And it's just such an elegant solution to the the, the thing where, you know, again, other games would be like, all right, here's like a button prompt. And I'm not always in favor of like, you know, games need to not have button prompts. And sometimes it can feel like a sort of like um, just an unnecessary uh, commitment. But it, yeah, in this game, it's just so that elegance is is part of the beauty yeah i think that can that kind of like minimalism i just finished it this morning and yeah it i, I found it like a bit too cold in a sense like a yeah. another it's like another Not enough wonder seeds speaking of like <laughs> that's right i don't like too much fun or not enough fun <laughs> <laughs> i want goldilocks the game no, it was like another game, like speaking of like Breath of the Wild, where I'm like, I respect this. I think this is really, you know, it's 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 very like elegant in in a sense, but it's like it it just kind of like never felt like I connected with it really. Um, whereas like something like Inside, I think had that the same kind of like economy of design, but also was was so I don't know. I think like the mood of that game and everything was was really strong. Anyway, it's a different. It's not the same people. Wings is not the Beatles. We're uh, right. We're gonna do. Should we do one more question then get your? I want to declare. You know, read the the game that you say is your favorite game of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift the rules here and say that's officially the best game of the year. Oh, that's too much. So this is now. It's... This is we're we're just we're just holding off for a second before we announce the bullet points game of the year twenty twenty three. All right, drum roll! But it's a long podcast, huh? Uh, 
we'll take we'll, we'll take one last question. This is from Stephen Santana on the uh, on the Bullet Points Discord of all places. Um, when will Jeff Keighley be held accountable for his crimes? <laughs> He's being held accountable as, he? as we speak. There is he, like a he thing. Won. What's that? He defeated E3. He's the master. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, on but, top. But the history books are already writing of him as a cruel tyrant. Mm. Because <laughs> there was like an IGN thing today where I think it was uh, uh, Rebecca Valentine was like, hey, did you want to hear some of the award uh, acceptance speeches that you didn't get to hear? Yeah, because he just... <laughs> nice. was, which is like... Yeah, I think he's he's falling. His reign is uh, who? he's gonna have to return in twenty twenty four with an iron fist. Who an iron power glove. I I just who is Jeff Keeley? It's like one minute there was no Jeff Keeley. And then all of a sudden no, every single thing <laughs> in games is organized and presented and goes through Jeff Keeley. Who the fuck is he? What a coup. Yeah, it's yeah. about yeah, he went he went from being the E three Coliseum guy. That to you know, which was where they kind of like all the stuff that you didn't pay attention to. Um, yeah. To now he owns every big temple gaming event of the year. The first time I think I ever encountered him was the whole Halo Doritos Mountain Dew thing. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah, and they, that was ten years. Oh, and they laughed then. Yeah. But look at them now. <laughs> that was that was the Donald Trump at the White House correspondence dinner <laughs> moment. He was seeing red. He was like, I'm going to take over all this shit. Mm. You just see, watch. You can get far. This this is why next year is the year of positivity for bullet points. Because that's how that's how it works. Right? Go continue. You gotta be Canadian. Tick. And be positive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh tick. And make Seth Seth self deprecating jokes. About no, Keely doesn't self-deprecate. That would imply weakness. I don't know what Keely does. Do does he even make jokes? Yeah. Does he have any charisma? Yeah. But he doesn't need it. That's it's, that is strange, isn't it? The, speaking of like cocoon, like that economy, that leanness of he shed all that is unnecessary to host. Mm. Yeah, basically a par- he's like a parasite. He feeds off of like game announcements. <laughs> no, no, famous he's a game people. He's a predator. He's taking from them. He's sucking out the marrow. It's like mm. um, Alien. The, the perfect organism. I, I do think I that's think, his, his yeah. ultimate undoing. I don't think that he will, he will ever be held accountable. And I, to the, I, think, I think some of the criticism I think is overstated in terms of like, yes, it, it's so fucking dumb, but it's kind of always been dumb. And like, I think you could blame like the... the in, this is kind of like built into the... Um, oh, I forget how the expression goes, but... Uh, baked into the cake or whatever it's like that's that, that's what the industry wants and he's just kind of giving it back to them um i do think it is remarkable the degree to which he does lack a sort of authenticity beyond just like the transactionalism of it like he, he kind of just lives for like the bartering of world premieres and like you know uh, what ha- stars he can haggle onto things or what like cross promotions he can do and it's just kind of like um at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know how much that can sustain, but people, you know. But it's sort of. It's kind of true. It's like sort of an indictment of games, but also it makes sense for him because really all we need is somebody who's not embarrassing. 
right? Like, yeah. That's like something. Somebody's not going to be a YouTube clip of like somebody shaking like a Wii Yeah. Like, and he can pull. He can do that. Mm. He, his like lack of character actually helps him not be super embarrassing and just think, get out of the way of, I think, the, of the marketing. I think that's so true, and I think that what that represents. I think Jeff Keighley is a kind of like hero of our age for video games because <laughs> we just, I think more and more, it used to be that video games like in the 90s and early 90s, they would be kind of like scandalous and kind of like bad taste and they'd be dumb and they'd be fucking homophobic and sexist and whatever. I think what we're seeing nowadays is just like neutrality. Everything's just about goddamn like zero, net zero emissions. And well, the best thing you can be is just a billboard, right? Yes. A billboard isn't going to offend you. Yeah, it's, it's whatever you put on it, and that's like. We t- I mean we, that that is the media now, right? Like that's it, right. That's, it's just it's just nothing on either side. We talked about this with Modern Warfare, right? And how it how it kind of just will make you think that it's saying something, but will make sure that if you don't want to see it as saying something, you can see it that way. Um, yeah, mm. Jeff Keighley is I, that in a person. I think he made a mistake, and I think actually Ethan, this might have been something you tweeted, which like reminded me of it, was that I think he's kicking himself now that he said anything about Ukraine last year. Well, they I think that was it. <laughs> they did. That was they a, deleted it. They went back and deleted it from the old right, game right, okay, Twitter. so it, yeah. It, well, what a recognition, right? It's saying, because that allowed people to be like, well, here's an opening. Why would you, you know, yeah. now comment? And I agree with that of fucking comment, man. Like, you're, you're, you stuck your foot in it, so now you have the precedent. Um, but I think the things he does that are truly objectionable, no, it's, 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 to me, it's, it's, it's like the thing of like when we all were probably around the time of like starting out and it was like the IGN review or whatever, you know, fun factor and replayability and stuff. And you're just like, Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Like we can do more here. But at the same time, I never hated those reviews. I was just like, well, they're just, they just, they're service. That's all they are is just sheer service. And it's the same as like, you know, the people who make a living streaming themselves like sitting in a cyberpunk chair talking about how great cyberpunk is and and that it's such a fun time and i'm going to stream it now for 24 hours and this is great and here's some giveaways for cyberpunk um like i I don't hate those people i just they are not they are not part of this they are part of an apparatus that to me is just like it's just money it's just money being spent and i think like you know keely is that version of these kind of people we see them on like you know, celebrity talk shows and stuff. Like, some of them, you know, like your Regis Philman might have a bit more charisma or something, but like, he's like, he's like a Ryan Seacrest, right? In Canada, there was actually one of our, <laughs> our shitty prime ministers, his son uh, was the host of E Talk Tonight and it was just like, just a stuffed suit, right? It's just like this kind of person who just <laughs> smiles. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not ugly. They're not beautiful. They're just a face, and that's what they do. They're just billboards. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so that's that's Keeley. <laughs> so he'll live for. He'll basically live forever. He's 
Yeah. He'll, he's not he's, going he's, yeah, he's going back into his, uh, his refrigeration <laughs> unit until uh, the next uh, E3. I think mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna end up with Jeff Keighley implanted into my head like Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So he's gonna be. <laughs> if I need your body, would, I'll fucking yeah. take it. <laughs> would you Would you like to watch another trailer? Fuck off, Jeff Keighley. <laughs> it's a world premiere coming out next week. Oh shit! Okay, read. Come on. Let me go to sleep. Finish. <laughs> I'm just p- I'm picturing you walking out onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's Alan Wake 2. That was the best game that came out this year. Alan Wake 2. We did a podcast on it. I think listening to that is probably a good way. I, th- I think it's um, it's formerly adventurous, also um, thematically worthwhile. It to me, it's it's in conversation with kind of lives as a, maybe as a companion piece in some senses to like Metal Gear Solid 2 which I think is still applicable in 2023 mm-hmm. of the idea of you know in in uh, Ed's article I think gets it across very well of the noise and, and what, what is true through through all of the uh, you know morass of confusion and everything <laughs> and, and just like a joyful game in certain senses too like just it seems like it's made by people who want to be making it mm. which is nice to see you know uh mm. joyful in that sense i think it's <laughs> in, in like that remedy sense of it, it also has that sense of humor and games don't often have a great sense of humor they have like a very focused tested sense of humor um it's like an idiosocratic kind of comedy in in alan wake too uh yeah, just a very good game. But I kind of feel like I was like ready to have the runner-up. I was just going to say Baldur's Gate 3, I think, was also... These are very uh, not-rock-in-the-boat kind of choices here, but Baldur's Gate 3 like doesn't sort of stick to your ribs as a story or anything, but it's a good thing to do with your computer, I think is what I would <laughs> call it. It's a, you know... You can make little guys, and they walk around, and they talk to each other and kill each other. I do, it's um. I, I do think yeah. uh, Remedy and and Larian have it in common that they both. I mean, I think I I could be completely wrong, but I feel like the, both of those games are similarly budgeted, um, in terms of like on the cusp of being triple um, A blockbuster, but are still clearly from. Um, independent studios that don't have you know it's not like a you know 1,000 2,000 person um, publisher uh, creation like a an Assassin's Creed or something Um, but there it comes through that like the teams making the game like love making games um, which is not to say that people you know at giant other giant publishers don't love making games but it's not uh, the assembly line executive suite like st- stuff doesn't come through of being like you know it, it feels like what it was in the game was there because they wanted it in there and it brought them joy or they thought it was interesting or it made them you know emote in some way which like I think Alan Wake is a, is a good example of like a game that um, they didn't nobody else came in and cut stuff um, in the same way that nobody was going to come in and I, I mean uh, one of the developers at Larian had been telling me like there's there's so many things in there that they would have an, an, a publisher would have cut years ago to ship the game years ago 
but they had mm. the light, they had the um, fortuitousness of material circumstances to just sort of make it the one that they wanted to. And so even regardless of the, of the merits of the game itself, there's just that, I think that joy comes through in, in the final product. Yeah. And both of those games have like a personality too. I think they're like a, a sort of distinctive, I think when you have something where you have a studio where you can say this came from this studio is <clears throat> again, like kind of a low bar to clear in certain senses, but just that I, the, uh, a distinctive personality coming through, um, yeah, it just makes it feel less like something kind of, yeah, that, that popped out of the other end of an assembly line. Um, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, I like didn't, you know, it didn't blow my mind or anything. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Alan Wake 2, though, I think is, is to me, it was kind of the, the head and shoulders, the kind of standout of this year, um, is a game that I think I'll think about for quite a while. So, therefore, it's the best game of the year. So there you have it. That's, what, that's what you say. Twelve. It's a 7 out of 10. Twelve, strong 7 out of 10. 12 months of games for that one. For that. 12 months of games, and you should play four of them. Mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Alan Wake 2. Mm -hmm. Phantom Liberty. And Amnesia, The Bunker. Those are, you play those four, you're set. Yep, totally agree. Don't touch Dave the Diver. Mm. You'll be okay. Or Dead Space. What was Ethan's? Final Fantasy sixteen, but then also really likes it as well. That was kind. Yeah, that was very kind. Mm. A very kind least favorite. <laughs> mm. You're getting soft, Ethan. <laughs> I did. I really, I really did get soft this year. Um, I played a lot of games and was like, "These games are great." Um, there's definitely been years where I'm like, "Yeah, this is." I'm like struggling to put together a top ten list of like games I didn't hate um, or didn't disappoint me. And so I was talking to someone. Like, it's funny talking about Remedy. I remember when I was reviewing Control, and um, like, I'm always like, I I remember thinking like, "Oh, this game is pretty good." Like being surprised, um, mm -hmm. and then realizing after the fact that me thinking it was pretty good meant like, oh, this is like a really good game. Um, like having to sort of like, re it's like when you don't like having to recalibrate um, if you're not sensitive to like certain like you know, like temperature or something. But like, oh, you know, sixty degrees for me is freezing for other people or something. Um, well, remember that question? Yes, you should take a few years off and reset your brain. <laughs> You know, reset your tolerance. There, There is a difference, though. There is that difference of when you're playing something, if you play a lot of games and you, you're writing about them, you're kind of judging them in a sense as you're playing it. I think you do get a sense of, you're like, oh, this is actually, if this continues doing what it's doing or it kind of sticks the landing, this is something special. Versus being like, yeah, it was like good, I guess. And in comparison, I guess it's the best thing of this year. You know? Yeah, I just I, it's kind of funny. Sorry, you go. I was to say because um, not all games do that. Because I feel like for a lot of people, Final Fantasy sixteen was like, I, I, I played how many hours of this, and it was, and I and you and you end up like not liking it. And I think for me, like 
I was thinking thinking about playing Cyberpunk uh, for many hours, and actually had the opposite effect where it grew on me over time. Like when I first started playing it, I was like, mm. "It does grow on you." I'm like, "This is not great," or like, you know, just kind of like trying to figure out how to get around the overly visually exhausting world. But then, like, as you get used to it and like start to like, yeah, become <laughs> become the prisoner in the mental institution. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, please. Another bowl of slop. <laughs> you just get really used. It's one of those games that just like slops really good that, today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. You just get really into it, and then you're just like, "Give me more of that slop." No, whatever. Next year is going to rule. This is new positivity starting now. This is my way. Of, I'm trying to be positive. This, we're, but you're saying <laughs> slop, okay? We're okay. Not, we're this, we're kind of talking words. about video games here. What do you want me to say? Slop is the most I can give you. I am so excited for Suicide Squad <laughs> full colon kill the Justice League on February 2nd. I can hardly contain myself. Rock steady zone. Okay. Yeah. Rock steady. I can't wait to play as uh, Harley Quinn and the other ones. Dead, dead, sh- dead shot? Deadpool? Dead shot. <laughs> shot. Shot pool. Shot. Bat boy. Bat boy. <laughs> on the National <laughs> Enquirer. <laughs> But you had to beat up Bat Boy. It's just this... <laughs> anyway, so sad. Um, I yeah, I guess that's it. All that's right. the year. Positive, that's positive, all of it. Yeah. That is a feat. Twenty twenty three is over. That is a feature length, but that might be the longest episode yeah. we've ever recorded. You all can go to sleep now and wake up in two weeks. No, come back in twelve months. You can go to bed now for twelve months, and then we'll. <laughs> we'll and you can we'll enter a coma. Go yeah. into the Keeley cryo yeah. chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do let's do the housekeeping here. Um, thank you, all three of you, for lending your time. That's some housekeeping. Are you speaking to us or the listenership? Shit. Thank you for uh, reading and listening to bullet points. Um, I'd love to say you're all equal in my eyes, but thank you for being patrons if you are, because that makes you twice the human as other people. Mm-hmm. If you've been uh, supporting us on Patreon this year, thank you very much. Uh, sincerely, we're, we've been trying to uh, figure things out with how we like do things with the workload and try to get some more Patreon special stuff to, uh, I don't know. My brain's falling out of my I, ears. If you're, I, look, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a regular listener and you're a patron and whatever, please canvas for us to do the David Cage series. Because I really, <laughs> I really want to do that one. I think I'm breaking. I did Kingdom Hearts. I did fucking, uh, what's it called? Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 13. 13. Did you see use of people on Twitter were like, Final Fantasy 13 is actually great. It's fucking lies. No. I just want to say, just listen to that podcast. We went through this. We were fair. Um, if you're a patron, it, I do sincerely thank you very much for making this work. Um, yeah, I can't believe this site has survived another year. Every year it kind of feels like <laughs> this might be the one where it, it kind of uh, skids off the road and explodes in a ravine. But mm. we fucking clung on, fellas. And uh, we'll keep clinging on, I guess. That's right. Um, Can't get rid of us that easily. Uh, Yusuf, 
Hey. Thanks. People can find you on the internet. It's a big internet. Ed. Probably. People can find you on the internet. Mm-hmm. In Canada, there's also a, a, like a pumpkin, a canned pumpkin you can get. That's E.D. Smith, and it looks like Ed Smith. So you can find Ed also at grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And mowing down innocent civilians um, and RoboCop. That's right. Ethan, what do you want to tell people as we get out of here? Uh, I want to thank you all for having me again. This is always a highlight of my year. Uh, Bullet Point's one of the few good websites left. And, uh, you know, uh, listeners uh, can find me um, on uh, the, the far moon of Venus uh, just slopping up my engrams in Destiny 2's, <laughs> uh, Destiny 2's dawning event to, to bring in the new year with, uh, with some, shiny, some shiny new loot. I think damn son, I can't believe it's you're still there. Still, I was in Destiny One this weekend. I was, I, 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 I told you a, a tease that uh, I've been doing some trophy hunting on the the old PS Five and trying to get my Destiny One Platinum, which requires me to find twenty more dead ghosts from the Cosmodrome. Oh, fuck. So God. still, still rattling those those uh, corpses. <laughs> Quite the fright. Go with, uh, God. Go with God. I really like that uh, Ethan just said that we're one of the best, one of the few best. Work. We should get every guest who's on the podcast. They have to shout us out at the end. Contractually, contractually obliged. They have yes. to give us a plug on our own show. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. I, I, yeah, they should. I think. I think every every time they answer a question, they should say, "Wow, that's a really great question." <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't hear questions like that on most websites nowadays. Uh, we can make an accolades trailer. Honestly, like no one ever, uh, no one ever says that at the end of the episodes. Even when we invite them on our fucking podcast, they never, never have the decency. What's what, what the the nerve, um, Ethan? You know what's funny is that Destiny came out in what what year was that? Two thousand fourteen. We played we played the beta together. Yeah, I, well, I was just thinking of that. I remember, like, we wrote some, like, back and forth thing, like, is this Destiny going to be anything? <laughs> and who knew that seven years later you'd still be playing seven it? Seven years? Wait, Go. no, six nine, buddy. No, it's nine, nine years, Jeez, buddy. Louise. It's going to be the 10th tenth, tenth anniversary next year. Yeah. Wow. You played the original years of... the original Peter Dinklage cut yeah. of Destiny. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. Played the... Yeah, the Peter cut. Mm. <laughs> all right, that's that's been 2023. Thank you all for listening, supporting the site in any ways that you do and can. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have a fucking RoboCop in January, right? Yep. That's right. What a thing to do. Ethan, thank you again. Um, that's it. Let's hope that Santa Claus brings you all the DLC and microtransactions you could hope for this year. Ho, ho. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've still got beer in my mouth. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> video games, video games, video games, 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 computer-based game, internet-based game with all sorts of weapons.